So much baseball, so much football, and so many jackass spinoffs this week on 30-20-10. Hello everyone and welcome to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you on a rip-roaring journey through the past three decades Three segments, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Find out about all the cool anniversaries and milestones of your favorite movies, TV shows, video games, music, and so much more. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and I want to escape this week in a box of ham dingers. <laughs> my, 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 my God! It's J.R. Rawls. Uh, Mitchell. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome Mitchell. to 302010. Oh, and also brought to you by Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Right now, we have six episodes, JR, six episodes of Elm Street Nightmare Season 4, just in time for spooky season October. Evil Dead, perhaps the most fun year we've ever had. The fewest movies. Each one is kind of amazing. Every single one. Uh, anyway. The uh, episode on Ash versus the Evil Dead TV show just dropped. And uh, listeners, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be real soon to dropping the remake episode. Yeah, and I also, if you haven't seen Ash vs. Evil Dead, I believe it all hit Hulu after we recorded. So there's your addendum to the Patreon show. Uh, it's a great show. Most Evil Dead fans haven't even watched. Anyway, 302010, there, it's a, one of the, our weirdest weeks ever. In an interesting way, a lot of this was trying for me. We have a few great things one maybe classic that i just decided i had a huge problem with two movies involving football and handicaps why that's my least favorite genre of film um, <laughs> two films based on a true story about a guy whose name starts with r and <laughs> football that are inspirational dealing with intolerance not the kind oh, you're no, thinking no, no. though uh hello 30, 2010, October 20th through the 26th. It's going to be a weird episode, I assure you. Uh, October 20th through the 26th. Let's start at 30 years ago. 30 years ago, seven people killed an IRA bomb attack on Shenkill Road in Belfast. The troubles that and I And now this remember. problem is pretty much completely 100% solved. Yeah. Indeed, optimism, okay? <laughs> We're solving communism, solving apartheid, solving Irish terror terrorism nothing but blue skies and smooth sailing from here on out people it is kind of your with the current news the way that it is it is your only silver lining that like yeah the the world did get over these things at some point so where you forget they ever happened we, we found a way yeah this yeah. was a this was a messy one where the IRA thought that the heads of a Ulster group were meeting upstairs at the store. They built a bomb specifically to go upwards, but they also took it on like a busy Saturday afternoon and it went off early. Ooh. So it, and, and the guys they were targeting were not there. So it took down this building and uh, yeah, it crushed a bunch of people who were like in a butcher shop minding their own damn business. Gosh, so you're telling me terrorist attacks don't always 100% go the way people plan them to go? And then... What are you going to do, sue the manufacturer? <laughs> then there's a bunch of reprisal attacks, like a mass shooting where they just shot a bunch of people they assumed were Catholic, and most of them were. Oh, boy. 
But some of them weren't. Yeah. How about there's a whole bunch of tit-for-tat reprisals and it just goes on forever. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, again, until it But didn't. this one got solved, so it didn't go on forever. <sighs> it yeah. Just, it just felt like true. it at the time. 98. Oh. Good Friday Accords actually held, so. Big sigh. Yay. Um, want... I like to point at this one whenever people get really pissed off about like, Islamic jihadist or something. It's like, yeah, no, white people do crazy terror shit too. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Um, and then here's a here's your <laughs> beacon of hope for 30 years ago. The Beverly Hillbillies moves up to number one at the box office. <laughs> Everything is right Why? in the world. God damn it. Because it should. Because it's good. Or at least not bad. <laughs> it's. Uh, I know. I know we had disagreements on that, but I had fun with the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Moving on to the other movies of 30 years ago, two of which I know most people haven't seen, and one of which everybody's seen. The first up, Me and the Kid, with Danny Aiello, Joe Penaliano, and Ben Stein. <laughs> ben Stein is your third lead. Uh, I tried to find this movie. It is nowhere. It is gone, for the most part. I think it's available on a physical DVD. I feel like I'm the only one in the world who mentions this. Just because whenever we went to the beach, there was no cable, and they always ran Savannah Smiles, the story of two uh, hapless robbers who end up kidnapping a kid accidentally and becoming great friends with her, even though I believe this one has a darker turn, as in the kid saves Danny Aiello from Joey Pants as the two kidnappers, the evil in turn on one another. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it anywhere. Yep. But uh, I, I'm, I'm never not charmed by Danny Aiello. I really, really like that guy. Um, yeah, and, he is and it is weird that we do have this run where it's like, yeah, he's the he's the top name on he, yeah. a lot of movies. They're not especially good. Every now and then, you get lucky. He'll always be great in Woody Allen movies we won't mention, Do the Right Thing, and the movie my family watches together once a year, including live at my sister's wedding, Moonstruck. Will not, <laughs> never, never not love Danny Aiello. The next Hell movie yeah. I remember I read about and thought was the most, it was like, I had an idea similar for that movie when I was 12. I can't believe they made it. And I couldn't find it forever because it had a very limited release. And mm -hmm. I didn't jump back into it. But uh, David Schwimmer, Steve Buscemi, Gladys Knight, William H. Macy, Christopher Lloyd, Elizabeth Shue, Linda Hunt, and Brendan Fraser. 20 bucks. The story of a $20 bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a fun idea. I think it was the director's like dad's idea. 60 years before where it was a $1 bill because, you know, inflation will get you. <laughs> Not a lot you can do with a... It's a lot less interesting with a $1 bill in 1993, but yeah, it's... it. I, honestly, it's kind of fun and it's weird yeah. that it's like we just talked about shortcuts where it's just, yeah, here's a bunch of vignettes that have some sort of connecting tissue, but fun, light. Yeah, here's $20. Yeah, it falls off a truck. I don't and know what I was someone watching. tries to grab it. And then they buy a candy bar with it, and then it gets stolen in a robbery, and then it gets given to a stripper. Yeah. I don't know what I was watching recently. It was some historian. It's like, yeah, when your society collapses and your history is totally unwritten, it is the your objects that will speak for you. <laughs> and this is a story told through one of our most sacred objects, a, do a dollar bill, a matter of currency, and tells the yep. story of humanity through that. The yep. through line, Robert Altman was missing in Shortcuts. Yeah, All that would have been nice. Yeah, but I did learn something very important from this movie back in 1993, which is it's legal tender if there's 51% of it. So if someone... What? If your kids put a bunch of your money into the shredder, if you can tape it up enough so that you have more than half of it, 
you can take it to a bank and get a new one. Man, I have. I had to. T- I remember having to test that. I have. I remember using taped dollars back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god, I haven't seen one in so long. I guess they're harder to tear. Huh. Doesn't I our, mo- doesn't our money that. now? Right. That, now that you mentioned it, doesn't our money look expensive? Whenever you- so, are we losing money manufacturing five dollar bills? <laughs> we are no. losing money making pennies. Yes. Yeah. 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 We need to stop making pennies. I'm definitely on the no penny bandwagon but when this movie came out i remember reading a report that the 20 dollar bill was the most popular bill like we made more 20 dollar bills than any other bill because of atms turns out not to be the case which denomination of bill do you think we print the most of each year it's got to be the hamilton right I mean, the dollar makes the most sense because we churn through them really fast. They, you know, a dollar lasts like a year, which is fun. I love that the Wikipedia article for this has a link to about Where's George, which was an early internet Internet project where you could put in, you know, you could stamp your money and put in the serial number and see if someone else picks it up and find out where your money traveled to. Yep. The answer is the $100 bill. No way. We produce $2.1 billion. $100 $100 bills each year and $1.7 $20 bills each year. We don't even make $1 billion $1 bills. What the wow. fuck? Oh, is this just for drug dealers? Who's walking <laughs> around with that many hundreds? Yeah. It's it's because that's the largest denomination. So like 80% of all U.S. cash is always $100 bills. Huh. You learn new things with JR every episode. Um, yeah. Now it's yeah. time to learn I, about. I, I kind of feel like this is a light recommend for yeah, yeah. Bucks. Like it's a, it's a it's a fun idea. It's a pretty light movie. It's got so many people in it. It's charming. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, it, it's it has been forgotten and, and didn't get a huge mm. release at the time. But uh, yeah, yeah, but this they made a big mistake not releasing the twenty bucks twenty bucks deal when this was on VHS. Oh <laughs> Jesus! Especially now that you can't find a movie anymore for uh, physically under twenty dollars. Or food, for that matter. What the fuck? Mm. Uh, the next movie, again, not a huge splash. Beaten by Beverly Hillbillies has a huge, huge lifespan via cable. Uh, yep. Charles Dutton, John Favreau, and uh, Vince Vaughn. I always forget he's <laughs> little Vince Vaughn. I, is this where they met? I want. Is this their debut? Both of them? Uh, no. Wait. No. <laughs> you no. Know, it might be. It might, it might be because the, the only other early Favreau movie I can think of is PCU, which is after it's this. After this, yeah. Uh, Lily Taylor, Ned Beatty, and Sean Astin. Holy shit, it's Rudy. I'm here to play football for the Irish. You're five feet enough, a hundred enough. They told him he wouldn't make it. You got hardly a speck of athletic ability. They told him to quit. Don't you understand, man? If you don't cool it out there, you're going to end up getting yourself killed. But no matter what they told him... The only uniform you're going to be putting on is that grungy thing you've been wearing every day. He would never give up. You ready, champ? I've been ready for this my whole life. Rudy, ready PG, starts Wednesday. Ugh, ugh. I, I've seen this movie right. so many times. I thought I didn't want to rewatch it, but I'm glad I did because I haven't seen it in years. I have noticed I had no love for football, and I also want to add his his friend. That's one of the creators of Strangers with Candy, Mitch Rouse, <laughs> <laughs> who is in a sketch group with Amy Sedaris and Stephen Colbert. I have not seen him in forever. I love that guy. He's in a couple episodes wow. as well. All right, so I am five foot six. <laughs> I am Rudy's height. 
I do not want to play football. Mm-mm. I will die. Yeah, there, that's all I have to say. I, I think <laughs> we. I think most people know to view football through a different lens than we did 30 years ago, let alone 50 years ago. There's something about this, watching this now, like, you are so nerdy about this, it's pathetic, and you need to seek help. So I did want to broach this topic. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rudy is an inspirational figure, okay? Did he waste a huge chunk of his life going after football? (laughs) Because, okay, you have... Things that can pay you money, things that you love to do, things that you are good at, and things that the world needs. Make a Venn diagram. Whatever is in the center of all four of those, focus your life on that. That's a great life goal. That's a great way to go it. Rudy is not good at football. He has heart, which is awesome and great, but he is not someone who should actually be playing the game of football against other people playing the he game of football. He can't be good at football. He is too small. And it's it's like so, so shown in the film. Also, this is a total sidebar. And I guess we should describe the plot of Rudy as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, just in case. I'll do that first. The plot of Rudy. Rudy is a kid who grows up obsessed with Notre Dame, specifically Notre Dame football. His dad is obsessed with it. So he, at five foot six, tries his heart out to make the football team. Does wants to get into Notre Dame. It's it's not it's hard to say what his intelligence is, but he goes all out at everything he does to pursue his dream of playing football at Notre Dame, and sort of does, even though it's just he is used as a glorified tackle dummy for practice. His parents never see him play the field, and at the end of the movie, Rudy, Rudy, everyone cheers him on, and the coach. 50 points ahead in the last quarter <laughs> puts Rudy in the game and he does some surprising stuff, which apparently is a part of the true story. His one moment but, on the field is glorious. It's a total of 20 seconds in a game whose result is already determined. Yep. And that's 20 seconds of not affecting the outcome of the game is what he dedicated a huge chunk of his life to. I'm not sure that's healthy. No. I'm not sure. No. I, if this was my son, I would absolutely have an intervention. Here, Here's the thing. A lot of people find one thing that makes them happy, and they think that's the only thing that will ever make them happy. But if you experiment, you can actually find a lot of stuff that will make you happy, maybe stuff that you're more naturally inclined for doing instead of football when you're five foot six. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's... <laughs> I know, I know this is, it's an inspirational story and the idea is never give up on your dreams, no matter what everyone says. Um, I generally do not ascribe to that. I think that there is always somewhere you can zig and zag and still achieve your dreams, just not through the path that you thought. And he could have become like part of the coaching staff (laughs) and it would have been great. Even if he's just the water boy and he becomes the inspirational guy. Helps everybody. Yeah, I don't. I like having intact collarbones. And if you're five foot six, you can play football. You just got to be able to run super fucking fast. Yeah. And he can't. He's a little guy. He's shot ass. Oh man, short ones are always the fastest. Yeah, I. I, I you actually, gotta be, man. You gotta be. <laughs> I, I thought this movie in my brain would hold up as forever. Like great sports movie. I had a huge. Pro- only at one point does Rock Charles Dutton like, dude. You know you're getting a degree at one of the world's most prestigious universities. Do you care about this at all? 
And I don't know that he did because I don't know that he used it at all. No, I mean, well, he, the, the real Rudy went on to be like an inspirational speaker, obviously. Uh, he was charged in 2011 with yes. security fraud. Yes. <laughs> Didn't know that part. Rudy, 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 Rudy. Rudy. security fraud, security fraud. Uh, the other security frauders are carrying him out on their shoulders. Oh, as they're so security fraud, Aww. and that's how he got caught. I mean, I can't believe I didn't know until now that this is made by the folks who made Hoosiers because mm, of course it, it is. Of course it is. It's it really is just the Hoosiers of football. It's so inspirational. Hoosiers is more about the team. It's more about the coaches. It's not about one guy. And I think it's a better movie overall. But I understand why this works on people. I oh, really 100 yeah, percent. I really do well, it, as well. Um, is the music their original or has it just been used in everything ever since? I think it's just been used over and over and over. The music, because I can't, like, you already won this game. Rudy can't do anything to affect anything. This is just about one man's 20 seconds. And I don't think there's that many people in the stadium who are aware of this, yet they're on their feet. Well, um, <laughs> Diana, I assume you worked on a school newspaper? In college, yeah. In college. So they do have a throwaway line. Oh, there was that article in the paper about Rudy being here. So I'm sure the entire stadium (laughs) read the school newspaper the day before. I would die happy (laughs) if 10% of the school read the paper. Oh, my God. It was more possible Uh, in the late 60s, right? 70s, 70s. Yeah. 70s yeah i don't know well, no was, people still had a pretty lives. big school that's a pretty big school <laughs> they might have a daily paper which i've oh, god i'm so envious of any school that has a daily paper but also not because i could take my sweet time editing <laughs> yeah i i, I found so, at, the, at the end of this like uh what was that movie uh mike rabiglia made about improvers where like if you work in improv all of you are competing for the 20 slots on Saturday. Hundreds, thousands of you are competing mm-hmm. for 12 slots on SNL, and not all of you will get this. This is even worse. like Because <laughs> there's no after this for yeah. Rudy. Well, he did get you an know, NFL contract, it, apparently. He had no plans. Uh, he, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't. And you know what? Uh, you know what's fun? I, another people I did not realize. Joe Montana was on that fucking team. Was yeah. he really? Yeah. Wow. Joe yeah, he's and he's confirmed some of the Rudy stories. He's like, yeah, I mean, we all like the guy. Yeah. So you know what you want to do is become Joe Montana's manager because you yeah. have this great relationship with him. He has no plan. Unbelievable. No plan. I I I I thought this movie, while still working on almost every level, rings a little sadder now and i i wish mm. rudy fa- but is that because we're old yeah I like think- if you watch <laughs> an 18 year old who watched this yeah i think they would not take what us 40 year olds are i don't think i even need to all. ask have anybody any of us ever been carried out on our peers shoulders diana jewish weddings do not count um uh, no. <laughs> uh, n- no, no that and i'm t- i'm i'm probably were they mocking him because he's that small? They could all <laughs> carry him out of his shoulders? They said Any they did it ironically. <laughs> they they <laughs> said at the time that it was kind of like an irony thing. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, you're the best football player ever. It was, ah, oh, let's be nice to our guy who's helped us all these years. Uh, but it, it still works. I don't mean to shit on the movie. It's just that, like, my opinion on football is at an all-time low. And, yeah, don't like 
as a movie, it could definitely be improved. The romantic subplot goes no exactly no, and i, I thought mean, that would doesn't make it need to be there a man. little healthier and like uh rudy you still we, we still have us you're like he clearly doesn't care or at least the movie no. doesn't portray that he cares <laughs> we the audience are supposed to be sad that his girlfriend left him for his own brother but we never once saw him be affectionate to yeah. her in the entire movie she was always an afterthought to him yeah so mm-hmm. cut out that romantic subplot and you've got a tight 90 minute movie and you're good and i think being uh, being old i was like wait how long does this take place over like no more than he he graduates high school he works at a mill for a few years then he goes to basically community colleges to get enough grades to get into notre dame then he gets into notre dame so it's it's a chunk of time i know but but again i'm when i'm when i'm young and watching this like whoa two or three years of your life, everything in my life takes two or three years now. <laughs> Paying off this, getting the teeth fixed, fixing something in the house, it all takes two or three years. I can eat two or three years any day. I don't want to shit on this movie. It is a light recommend for people. It is inspirational. Yeah. This is also where we get Samwise Gamgee. Okay. Well, this mm-hmm. is the performance that I oh, guarantee okay. you, Peter Jackson saw this performance. Wow, yeah. That's my Sam. That's my Sam, 100%. You can see the two characters. And I also want to say that while we're still in an actor strike, right? And Yes. You assume all actors, I always have assumed all actors are rich and learning more about their finances. Sean Astin has been the star, in the, been a movie star in the 80s, The Goonies, the 90s, Rudy, the 2000s, Lord of the Rings, and in between is like a billion Adam Sandler movies. That guy is signing autographs at every con in between. And I always felt like, how can you make some, something so iconic in three decades? And Stranger Things. He <laughs> he did it again. He did it again. Uh, he's this utility player that is beloved by everyone who's ever worked with him. How is he signing autographs at every con? How is, that's you You... It's a. It might just be fun for him. Yeah, maybe. For yeah. what it's worth, and I don't know if I trust it. Celebrity net worth says he's worth over ten million. Um, but hey, why not grab an extra twenty thousand dollars to sign a few sure. autographs while everyone tells you how amazing you are for eight hours straight? The truth. Yeah, that that would be pretty great. It's like anytime you're feeling like kind of down. I don't know what I'm doing with myself. Yeah, I mean. Whatever, I'm kind of typecast now. It's just a little nice guy. And I hear, yeah, I hear, a he con where t- people are talking about like they love you, they love his parents. His parents are both <laughs> actors. They yeah. can just talk and talk and talk. Everyone loves the Goody. Oh, like, yeah, it would just remind you that you mean something to people. That'd be great. I hear he does it to support a crippling Pokemon card addiction. But, oh, I should have known. But I, I, I knew I, he had a dark side. I just, I just wanted to tip. I wanted to say that on behalf of actors and tip my hat a little to Sean Astin. That's a feat most people never really get to do. To be in like three classics in three decades. Like, how do you do that, Sean Astin? Yep. Love him. That is pretty. Also, I mean, I, let me give him credit because I kept thinking about like Rudy the person being five foot six and wanting to get tackled. 
Sean Astin, the actor, is five foot six, and he went. He was like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to have to learn how to play football. I'm going to have to get tackled by giant guys." I was pretty astonished. Like, it is him in a lot of those shots, getting thrown to the ground and in his face shoved in the dirt. That he has a mask on. You could have done a stunt double, but it's still Sean Astin. Another reason he's yep. the shit. But uh, Rudy, yep. Good for him. how can I not recommend Rudy? Like, if you have no. any love for football, uh, sports stories. This is the much Underbox. better one this week. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's this just is, the idea that, yeah, you should, even though it's illogical and people tell you no, you should keep trying. I just think you shouldn't always try in one direction. You should try multiple directions. Yeah. Diversify. Agree. Agree. And this is the only sports movie I can think of about a guy who's bad at sports. <laughs> like <laughs> all the other sports movies I know, it's like you try real hard and eventually you get good. He never got good. Yeah, it's it's stacked against him. It doesn't matter how hard you try; you will you have to gain a foot, a, a foot in a hundred pounds in order to play this game, and he can't. Uh, yeah, I, and I, 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 oh, it's just such a strange movie. Now I probably won't watch it again. Let us know what you think. Moving on to television, but that is spoiler for the rest of the show. This is the best movie of this week. It, it is. <laughs> It, really? Because there's, there's a movie in 2013 I know you like very much. Uh, uh, from, yeah. from your favorite guys. Uh, 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 we'll talk about it. Ooh, uh, so interesting. Hinted football and uh, baseball. Moving on to TV. World Series this week. The Toronto Blue Jays beat the Philadelphia Phillies. No, we're riot. Um, ooh, did it uh, kill did, the umpire? No, it's it's a uh, it's a two peat for the Blue Jays. I think I believe they won last year, so that's fair. That's nice. Good for them. Yeah, finally but, a, uh, a non American team winning the World Series. Thank you. <laughs> the only yeah, other country might, that qualifies. I think, might, <laughs> I think they might be the only team that's done that. Yeah. Now gre- grease up the light poles, Philly. We're we're gonna have a riot. <laughs> yeah. That is the and, most Philly thing that is that is. I I want everyone to know about that when there are playoffs. They literally grease up the light poles because people climb them and shenanigans <laughs> ensue. Oh, and then next is, I don't know if you're going to believe this. I saw this movie for the first time last year. It's, God, weren't you a dirtbag teenager? Every dirtbag teenager needs to go see this movie at midnight several times. Yeah, I have not it's seen this passage. movie to this day. You weren't enough of a dirtbag. And I, I think I saw I, I saw some TV. I felt like I had seen it. And now that I have seen it uncut, for sure, how the fuck does the Rocky Horror Picture Show translate to television as it debuts on Fox this week uh, and, and the movie is intercut with a live cast performance? That's how you do. I, I really appreciate that they, they did that. It's like that's half the fun of going to see Rocky Horror, which the movie is fun but you know but half of the fun is that people are acting out the movie right in front of you and then there's audience participation yeah I, and I think that's I tried- why i haven't watched it or in the early 90s i heard about it and everyone was like you have to see it in person don't just rent it and watch by yourself it's not going to be the same thing and the stars have just never aligned where a live performance in my area i'm free let's go wacky friends let's go see it that's that's the thing i i know i saw it on like cable and tv and maybe even on the dvd i didn't care for it until i was there feeding off someone else's enthusiasm for it that's when it got exactly. really fun 
when I did a group yeah. viewing with someone who can tell me stuff about it because it is what do you want to call it? A desperate, sweaty, cheap musical at its core. <laughs> uh, and, and, and deliciously, delightfully queer for the time. Uh, oh, yeah. Defiantly so. Very cool. Uh, what yeah, is this? About? It's, I mean, that's why every dirtbag teenager, it's like a rite of passage because it's, it's about outcasts and weirdos. Mm-hmm. So obviously, even if you're not uh, a, you know, queer outcast or weirdo, it's still, you know, it's about making fun of the squares and then they get dragged up and then they become cool. And then also there's aliens. But yeah, I'm not it's sure. Really stupid. Now that it's I- honestly, it's bizarre and stupid. And I, I, I'm always amazed that it exists. Because I, th- yeah, I think VH1 used to do a semi-annual yes, showing yes, and I saw did. it there. But then like when I finally saw it on Uncut DVD, like Tim Curry is delivering a speech oh. into uh, Barry Boswick's crotch. Like, how do you yeah. put... I've seen kids in the hall sketches with that edited out. How does that get on Fox? Uh, you have a clip about the fan base, JR? I've seen Rocky Horror almost 400 times, and tonight's my 350th time. 302 times? 267 times. My name is Sal Piero, and I'm president of the National Rocky Horror Picture Show Fan Club. Tonight's going to be my 425th time seeing this film. You know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show has been a midnight phenomenon in this country for almost four years now. Four years running at midnight, and it started right here in the village, right here in Greenwich Village. How amazing it is to me that there was this fan base pre-internet how this all developed how word of mouth spread like someone at one showing in 1977 shouted something at a screen in new york and two years later people are shouting that exact same phrase in los angeles and then it becomes a thing that's just oh yeah that's what we do because the the one guy in new york started it uh yeah and and and, uh, what i always like bringing up speaking to Rocky Horror's fan base and our modern landscape, this is now a Disney movie. And <laughs> this Dr. Is, Frankenfurter is a Disney princess. This, yes, <laughs> queen. This is now a Disney movie, and I think they're probably going to reverse course on this because this was a few years ago when the acquisition happened and they're really pumping Disney Plus during a pandemic. Disney made it impossible to legally screen any of its films and up to and including, I remember reports, people wanted to screen Fight Club on its 20th anniversary. Disney's like, no, no one gets, there's one place to watch our movies now and this is how you pay. Mm. Except for one, they did not fuck with Rocky Horror Picture Show. And while I want to give them credit, this is probably because you cannot do that to this movie. You cannot eliminate legal theatrical screenings for this movie. I'm good on Disney. They they saw the fan base. I believe this is the most theatrically profitable movie of all time because of its reputation. Because, because it runs every weekend at midnight somewhere in this country for the last all, 50 years. Somewhere around the globe. Uh, like yeah. uh, That is a statistic I read somewhere. It's hard to find hard proof, but like if you're doing the math, a movie that screens every week or at least annually for 50 years is available. Every, it's still in theaters. It has never left theaters in 50 years ever. This is the longest running theatrical movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Not even Gone with the Wind can come close to this. Yeah, There's nothing been, comes close. You know, years and years without Gone with the Wind in theaters, but not Rocky. So great to talk about 
a movie in the middle of TV. Because <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> what I was seriously paying attention to at this time, uh, wait, and I think this is the John Stewart show debuts. Is it on MTV? Yeah, it is on MTV. I thought it was MTV, yeah. Yeah, but it, the John's, it moves over to syndication and replaces Arsenio Hall eventually. But mm -hmm. uh, oh. this checks out because I was just getting into Beavis and Butthead, and through Beavis and Butthead, I got into MTV. I got into more music. We didn't have a, like an alt-rock station until about this year, so like I was being exposed. To, anyway, I don't think I ever watched a talk show uh, other than... Letterman recaps with my dad until the John Stewart show. And it's my introduction to the, this man who I've am deeply endeared to, to this day, a very good talk show uh, on MTV in a half hour format with younger guests talking to bands, comedians, people. I would dig a little more than, I don't know, Tony Randall or whatever. <laughs> uh, don't just Tony Randall. I'm like not. That. I just didn't have any content. You know, what's yeah, on I talk shows at this point. Like I'm just not into it, but I remember, he just sat down and interviewed the entire cast of the state and he, he pretended to get their names wrong. They had all worked together before John St mm -hmm. Stewart had like a, what you wrote it? You watch it where you could write sketches and they'd shoot them right. on MTV. Yeah. So he'd been involved with MTV for a long time. And uh, yeah, eventually the show gets moved into syndication and fails in a year. And then a little thing comes that called call the daily show comes out and boy, did he get out right on time. Good for yep. John Stewart. Well, I did not realize that uh, the John Stewart show was produced by Madeline Smithberg, who is one of the yes. creators of The Daily Show. Mm -hmm. And so he was there waiting in the wings, waiting for Kilborn to fuck up and swoop in. <laughs> fuck up. He, he quit too. But uh, in the most monumental TV news for me, and I hate how this happened to me. I know I told this story. I know we talk about this show too much, but it was very important to me. I only got to see Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Turkey Day because my grandparents had Comedy Central and we did not. So on Thanksgiving, I I find out Joel is leaving the show in a marathon. I don't have the internet. So this has already happened. And like, oh. what? This can't be real. <laughs> and I find I find out in one of my favorite episodes of all time, Mystery Science Theater <laughs> 3000, Mitchell, it is, it is my Thanksgiving tradition. I watch Mitchell. I remember I went to DC. I'm at a party with a bunch of late 20s early 30s I went upstairs on an iPad to watch Mitchell because it's it's what I, I need to do at every Thanksgiving <laughs> Mitchell this is one of their Mitchell. best riffs this is one of the best experiences you can have especially if you watch it knowing it's Joel's goodbye it is a joy from start to finish and the bots make the movie so much better like yeah okay the the bots make fun of Mitchell's eating all throughout the film. <laughs> That's completely their invention. Mitchell is not talking about food in this film, except for one point when his boss tells them, you've got to do a 24-hour stakeout, and he says, what about sleeping and eating? That's it. He never mentions food again, <laughs> but they keep talking on doughy John Baker's, uh, what about some French fries, some... I, I'll never forget French fries. Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Rapar, is an article about Joey Six referred to him as career slob Joe Don Baker <laughs> because of this film. It's one of the first films where somebody responded negatively publicly because they are merciless to Joe Don Baker. Yeah. But in their defense, this isn't even a movie. It's it's two TV episodes of a failed TV pilot stuck together like 
they they edit it in such a way uh, on mystery science the, the villain just disappears halfway through the movie and becomes a new guy like a david lynch movie and <laughs> but i can honestly see why joe don would get mad because yeah my image of joe They're don mean. baker is mitchell yeah that is literally the first thing i think of when i think of joe don baker is doughy mitchell uh horrible beer human stench being. republican attitude uh it yeah, it's, it's also the 70s, so his hair sucks. And it's uh, it's a dumb... And the sport coats. Oh, the plaid sport coats. It's such My a... God. It's why it's fascinating in hindsight, because what a stupid idea to build a TV show around a, a broke cop who can't stop sleeping with a prostitute? <laughs> who's a, a cop who's not very good at anything and doesn't really listen to orders or reason? <laughs> It's so dumb. It's such a dumb idea, and I. But I've watched it so many times. I love it so much. It might be my one of my favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater, uh, ever. It's up there. It's it's so good. It, it. I feel. I do feel bad for Joe Don Baker though, because it's like, yeah, if we're a little bit older, then Walking Tall is immediately what we think of. It's so and, and it's so good. Know, he's been in so many things. Like Golden he has a fun Eye. run in some of the, yeah, in some of the Bond movies. He's a ton of fun. He's a great character. He's. I had a ridiculously long career. He's gone. But he, he, he is gone now. Mm-hmm. You guys oh, no, wait. Watch... No, he is still with us. Oh, he is? He's 87. He's okay. 87. He's gone. And uh, to quote yeah. uh, the incoming Mike Nelson, Diana, you guys watch Joe Don Baker movies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a... yeah, this is setting up uh, Mike's time as the host and this and the next episode are like some of the most important episodes of mst3k because it's asking the question can this Cowtown puppet show exist with a different host and yeah. in it, 1993 beautiful. people were not sure you know i was on the internet fairly early and i was huge into mst3k mm-hmm. and so 1996 i'm on usenet on the uh mst3k Recreation.arts.television.mst3k.miscellaneous. <laughs> Ratam is what we called it. And already by 1996, discussions of Mike versus Joel banned. We have had this Ooh. discussion far too many yeah. times. We're not having it again. Banned. I always say yeah. like uh, I, I was in in high school, 1994. I saw the internet for the first time in a library, Netscape. And my friends like, Check this out. First thing I saw, x-rays of stuff stuck up people's butt. Light bulbs, Barbie dolls. And the first yep. thing I Yahoo is MST3K. And I the first thing I print out of the internet is a fan fiction story that carries on from this episode where Joel lands in Australia. And I've read it multiple times since. I think I can still Aww. find it. It's That's how into the show I was. The fir- One of the first Aww. things I ever searched for. I think it was pretty brilliant of them to not have Joel leave at the end of a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you would think, oh, well, maybe that's the end of the show. You might not come back. So, yeah, do it right in the middle of the season. Sure. Yeah. You know, just the end of the episode and they're back next week. Same, and, and same thing. They just still have a 20, they have, I think, two more seasons of 20, epi- 20 plus episode season. And then 30 years on, we knowing what you mean, Joel quit because Jim Mallon's a dick. And, uh, where we are right now, and I don't know how caught up you are with the current season, and by current I mean the thing you paid for three years ago, which aired <laughs> last year. 
Yeah, I was a huge Patreon backer, and I got that Gizmodo Complex uh, pass, mm -hmm. and I have not used it as much as I wish I would have. Well, I've I've watched them plenty. I put them on like some people listen to music. They're all on Pluto TV and Tubi now. You can catch the new season. If you, they are in the mid, Jonah leaves the show in a similar way, mm -hmm. but hasn't left yet. We haven't seen a new episode yet. So thirty years on from Joel leaving. Jonah's leaving. Is Emily going to stay? She didn't say anything about leaving. Joel has kind of hinted he doesn't want to be on screen much, but the last, if you don't know, the last episode, the Christmas dragon is Emily, Jonah, and Joel riffing with no bots. Yeah. And they go through a time Ooh. warp. And there's a cliffhanger that ends in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> no one knows what's going to happen yet. Uh, so 30 years on, a host-based mystery for Mystery Science here. I can't, I gotta stop talking about it. God damn it. Video games of 1993. Last action hero right on time. Right, right. What the fuck? That's what the satellite this, this was promoting. This is gonna keep happening, Diana, because we've got a whole bunch of last action hero games all on different systems, and they're just gonna roll out so pathetically. And, uh, pretty notable, Tetris 2. Oh, Here's my problem. Mm -hmm. This is slightly different from Tetris 1, mm -hmm. which, hey, it's a sequel, so you do want it to be different. But that means all my Tetris reflexes don't work, so that's a problem for me. Mm -hmm. How else can you make a Tetris 2 unless it's different? But if it's too different, I'm not going to yeah, be able to Tetris. do Tetris on it. So I don't think you can make a Tetris 2. I don't think yeah. that is a possible. It has, like, almost no legacy. Even Tetris Attack is more beloved because every there. This is what's fascinating, Diane. I'm sure you know a bit about the creation of Tetris. Mm -hmm. Where the dust settled in the 90s was that this is a Nintendo product, so Nintendo doesn't iterate as fast. So this is the first real update to Tetris since its debut in 88, 89. Eventually, we would know Tetris as not a Nintendo product, and it's mm -hmm. been released by EA, Ubisoft. Uh, Every big game company has taken a stab at Tetris. And what's hilarious is that, like JR was talking about, you don't fuck with the format. You mess around mm -hmm. with everything else. The speed, I have it in VR. The game is still the same. The VR effects in the background are different. Connected is uh, Tetris 99, great game. Still at its core, plays like Tetris. It's awesome that it's like, that's been the conclusion. If you make, if you want to add anything to Tetris, call it something else. Tetris is Tetris. Uh, Nintendo did a m game where it was Dr. Mario and Tetris combined, yeah. but that was uh -huh. just where half the screen is Tetris, half the screen is Dr. Mario. When you make a match, it sends blocks to the other person. That works. And yeah, that, that this is it's not the last Nintendo version, but it, it felt significant because there were other Tetris clones out there. This was two, but it's on the Nintendo Entertainment System. The Super Nintendo is where people are right now. Why didn't this come out there? Moving on. Chuck Rock 2, Son of Chuck for Sega CD, and Dracula Unleashed for Sega CD. Who cares? Um, Joe Montana. Hey, look, Notre Dame alum in the spotlight yeah. again. Joe Montana football on Sega CD. Maybe it can talk and say more than, I can't believe it. <laughs> you get random advice, full motion video postage stamp size from Joe Montana, but he's wearing his old jersey because that video was filmed before he was <laughs> traded. <laughs> so if you're like a huge fan of him, you're like watching this going, 
Yeah, you moved, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You're wearing your old outfit. I, just because your jersey, I'm not going to give it 110% like your advice said to. What advice could he give you? Uh, and then still, But the for actual gameplay itself is super generic, and it amazes me. Next week, we're going to talk about a 16-bit sport game that is still played today in mm. tournaments. Mm. I think I can guess it. What is NFL's greatest San Francisco versus Dallas, 1978 to 1993? What the fuck? This is so weird. The Cowboys. But this is this is back when NFL did not have an exclusive license with Madden, and anybody could make a football game, and you had to diversify yourselves. And I I remember EA for a while, like with basketball, their basketball game would just be titled whoever was in the finals. Bulls versus Celtics or something like that. What the this is about a what a dynasty, a rivalry? Who knows? <laughs> NFL's greatest. Uh we'll tell you after the break. Who cares? And then a, a book. Uh what's the book, JR? I'm guessing you put you this were reading. Is Guilty Pleasures. Uh it's the first in the Anita Blank series. Uh she's a vampire hunter. Oh. It is twenty six books long. What? It is Maybe the birth of urban fantasy. Mm. Mm. All right. And it starts off, she's a bit of a hard-boiled detective mystery, more than it is supernatural. Uh, she's running towards her fears. She's a vampire hunter because she's terrified of vampires. So she wants to face them. And kind of devolves into porn. Like, oh. I'm not really joking there. The later <laughs> series of books, you'd be like, this, this is porn. If that's your thing, you do you. But started off hard-boiled detective, now porn. All right, then. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's close out the segment with music. Dream Lover by Mariah Carey is still number one. Still! October 20th to the 26th. But there are some new releases, such as Fumbling Towards Ecstasy by Sarah McLaughlin. Does this have the dog song on it? I don't know. I'm ready I always by te- look for it. Well, I'll hit you with it when you're least expecting it. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready by Tevin Campbell. Get in where you fit in uh, by Too Short. God Shuffled His Feet by Crash Test Dummies. 10,000 Maniacs Unplugged. My one and only experience with 10,000 Maniacs. Uh, Pussy Whipped by Bikini Kills. Shaq Diesel had this album. Shaq's, uh, Shaq's melodic rapping debut. The Song Remembers When by Trisha Yearwood. Try Anything Once by Alan Parsons after splitting with The Project. World Gone Wrong by Bob Dylan and No Alternative, a compilation, compilation album benefiting AIDS charities. I'm going to close out the segment with... Uh, Everybody I knew had this one. Yeah. Everyone had No Alternative. The second I see that cover, it's like, oh, yep. Very evocative cover. We're going to close out with yep. I Know I Got, parenthetical, Skills by Diesel himself. Shaq, uh, stay right there. We'll be right back with more 30 would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time it supports not only this show but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste the 1980s were the golden age of mean hard r comedies 
I think I was remembering my sanitized commercial television viewings because, like, Beverly D'Angelo is naked for like no I, reason, and I totally forgot I about that. I had forgotten all about that because yeah. that, that shocked me too. I was like, wait a minute, she we see her boobies a couple of times. I don't remember that. This might be a fact. This is the fourth National Lampoon movie. I yes. was shocked to find that out because there's two I have never seen or heard of there, in between Animal yeah, House. Two that are kind of lost. One of them's called uh, National Lampoon Goes to the Movies. And Class then, Reunion. Uh, Class Reunion. Yeah, that's right. I think this is the last movie that where it's clearly defined. Like, Harold Ramis is involved in this in some way. Like, we have some DNA of people who yeah. worked at National Lampoon Magazine. Mm-hmm. And now it's just kind of like anything goes. Now well, it's kind it, of like stoner frat comedies, but not always. They, it's really they, the company doesn't exist, and they sold the I name. Think- to put on shitty movies that are like already being made, I believe. And they just, they'll affix the National Lampoon's, I guess the R is for the the magazine's reputation itself. It was pretty Hmm. fucking edgy for for its time. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. Coming into 2003 with Stronger Than Me off of Frank, the debut album by Amy Winehouse. <laughs> yeah, we know she, because she was a birthday quiz pretty recently, she's mm-hmm. barely 20. Barely. Uh, 20, 20 years ago. Uh, the debut of Amy Winehouse, 20 years ago also in musical debuts, Careful What You Wish For by Texas, Country Life by Show of Hands, Kish Cash by Basement Jacks, Shoots Too Narrow by Shins, by the Shins, uh, MFZB by Zebrahead, MH by... Um, Marquette, Marcus Houston North the final album of something corporate Puss in Boots by Crash Test Dummies again, uh, again. The Silent Circus by Between the Buried and Me Street Corps by Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros What's Wrong with This Picture by Van Morrison and Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone by The Unicorns uh, Welcome to 20 Years Ago Baby Boy by Beyonce featuring Sean Paul is still number one A little still. bit of news to bring you to the world of 20 Years Ago this week Concord makes its last commercial flight no, the Concorde is so dumb and was not as futuristic as it should have been. And yet I really wish I had gotten to be on one. So it was uh, just as ultra fast commuter plane, it, right? It's supersonic. Yeah, supersonic. it gets up to the speed of sound uh, going between Faster than sound. Yeah, yeah. New, New York and Paris, New York to Paris in three hours. Wow. OK, but I'm guessing it yeah. was, it was su- stupid expensive, right? It's super yeah. expensive. It's ridiculously bad for the environment. It's crazy loud. It's apparently not very comfortable inside. It's very cramped. But it's so like the jet set age. My God, we can do anything, go anywhere. But also well, like they it, had a crash a couple of years ago. That was pretty bad. <laughs> if you look at the average airspace, airspeed travel from, you know, Wright Brothers, 1903 to 1963, it just keeps going up. Like every year, we're traveling faster and faster for regular people as well. And then for the last 60 years, we are flying yep. at damn near the exact same speed they were 60 years ago. Maybe so that's because we're on planes with the ashtrays welded shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 
Then, uh, in unfortunate news, the Cedar Fire, the second largest fire in California history, kills 15 people and consumes 250,000 acres and destroys over 2,000 homes around San Diego. This was a mm. massive fire. It, it was one of those, like, yeah, you see it from space. They can see it from the space station. It's horrendous because, yay, we have a drought. And also we're building into all these dry brush canyon areas. And all it takes is one hunter who got lost trying to make a signal fire. Mm. That's what started this thing. Jesus Christ. That's Ugh. all it took. And that's it's not even close to the second worst fire now. The, the yeah. uh, campfire in 2018 that took out Paradise, California. That is blame. Remember, Trump told us we needed to rake the floors rake of the, the forest. Rake the floor. and we didn't. Rake yeah, the floor. we and didn't. I, I, I'd no. been to those areas. And yeah, on that. I, I've been to those areas during the drought. And I just, there's like all these signs. Do not throw a cigarette out of your car. Ever. Be- and, and getting out how everything was so dry and brittle. Just it, like literally a powder keg. Long grass up to your waist that is so brittle and ready to... Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yep. But they, they've rebuilt a lot of these areas in San Diego. They've rebuilt with fires in mind. And now it's like state-of-the-art fireproofing stuff mm. where they have like the vents into the attic that like at a certain temperature they weld themselves shut so that embers can't get in and catch the house on fire. It's, it's pretty impressive. I oh, getting into the movies of 2003. I hate when this happened. I had already meant to catch up on this. We just lost Michael Gambon, mm-hmm. and that's where I started my experience with the Singing Detective, the six-part BBC series. For whatever reason, I think it was like a broken Netflix DVD. I never finished it, so I didn't watch the movie I did purchase back in the day, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Robin Wright, Mel Gibson, Jeremy North, and Katie Holmes, The Singing Detective, the film adaptation of that BBC series. And I still didn't get to it because I didn't love their series that much. (laughs) Uh, I watched like the first half an hour of this movie, and I think it's an awesome idea from what I saw. It's like Mm -hmm. there's this hard-boiled Philip Marlowe pulp writer who's hospitalized with a horrible, horrible skin skinder disease so he escapes into the fantasy world of his novel great what i saw didn't pull me in with that awesome concept though and and the gentle reminder that robert rdj can sing and dance and like christopher walken does it more than he does like you <laughs> when was the last time you saw him do that um come on RDJ. yeah i don't know and it's it, it is interesting casting because it's he's in his outs period you know he, we haven't had the rdj come back where he's, I, I don't know how clean he is. I know he's trying. He's trying very hard. Uh, yeah, and it makes, you know, it's kind of a low mid-budget thing. And it's like, hmm. it's tough because like Pennies from Heaven was also a miniseries by mm-hmm. the same guy, Dennis Potter, that was made into a movie. And I thought the movie was actually pretty good, Pennies from Heaven. But it is really hard to take something that is like that much information and boil mm-hmm. it down to two hours. Yeah, I didn't. The review's... It was sounded unsatisfying. Uh, I did, yeah. R- rounding out my miserable experience of viewing for this program. <laughs> There's uh, no way this movie, <laughs> the next movie, can be a pleasant experience because it's about one of the most unpleasant things that ever happened. Yeah, Carrie Fisher, Dylan McDermott, Kate Bosworth, and Val Kilmer. Uh, Wonderland, the movie. The it's not a thankfully not a biopic. Although I sort of would have preferred one. Uh, mm. It's just sort of about the worst thing that ever happened to King Dingling John Holmes, star of John a- Holmes can't get his penis hard until he 
thinks about every single porno he's ever made. (laughs) I mean, there's almost no, there's, there's no look at his life in porn at all. It, it is. There's, there's ones that he made. There's, uh, I think it's called exhausted, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, uh, John Holmes was a terrible person and a Mm -hmm. ridiculous liar. So you should never trust a word he says. And that's kind of the point of this movie is that he is a ridiculous, ridiculous drug addict he is the one of the most depraved humans i've seen portrayed on screen in a while last podcast on the left just did a series on john holmes and the wonderland murders and yeah uh the guy is just a never-ending scumbag Mm -hmm. and props to val kilmer for playing him that way there's a glamorous role basically nothing redeeming about him and yeah, he's a porn star. He gets involved in so much drugs, him and his underage girlfriend, and hooks up with dirtbag criminals and uh, sells out a different dirtbag criminal that they're going to go rob him so they can have drug money. So they can, they'll, ha- they'll buy a bunch of drugs and then they can sell the drugs. No, they just do the drugs. Well, now you're screwed. So in the movie- you'll remember the scene in Boogie Nights yeah. with Alfred Molina. Mm-hmm. That's based on the same thing. And honestly, I could just watch that scene again. Yeah, more firecrackers because the it's pretty brutal. Like it's it's the movie's it's sort of very brutal. This they're beaten to death with pipes. Dirtbag Rashomon of uh, testimonies of what happened with the Wonderland murders, and then kind of amalgams them all into one vision at the end, where John Holmes reluctantly pipe bashes people. Who knows what's I, I got bored looking into like how what what is depicted is real. It, no one really knows for sure, and people's testimony yeah. have changed over the years. But it's it's dark and involves the underworld and isn't terrible, but thoroughly unpleasant. Uh, unpleasant film, not in a good Halloweeny way. So I don't know if I'd recommend it for everybody. But yeah. John Holmes is one of the most depraved individuals. I, I do love. Just a, a guy who cannot be, not be on rock bottom at his best, <laughs> at his absolute best. He's reluctantly in porn. That's <laughs> that's when he's, he's super shining at his worst. He's banging underage people and freebasing. Also out this week, Clive Owen and Angelina Jolie and Beyond Borders. Don't wow, know. is this movie forgotten? Yeah. And justifiably so, even though it's directed by Martin Campbell, who's one of my favorite action directors. It's kind of playing on Angelina Jolie was getting very involved with like the UN and human rights issues and being an ambassador. And so this seems good that it's about, you know, a woman who leads a, you know, pretty fancy sheltered life. And then she starts volunteering with, you know, refugees in Ethiopia and Cambodia. And she meets hot, sexy doctor Clive Owen and they're working together. And then there's just a romance in the middle. It's like, guys, eye on the ball here, maybe. (laughs) I mean, as much as. Ethiopian refugees does make me want to fuck Clive Owen. Maybe that's not the best time. <laughs> is, is this like Angelina Jolie's version of an Adam Sandler movie where he's just making a movie to entertain his friends in Hawaii and she just wants to go kid shopping? And well, <laughs> at, at, the ex- at the exact time this book came, this movie came out, she released a book called Notes from My Travels. And all it is is her journal entries uh, from being a goodwill ambassador. Yeah, I kid. And Angelina Jolie is like, I think history will reveal her as a much better person than bankable actress. Uh, beautiful, though. Uh, yeah. Her superstar actress phase was such a short period, though. Yeah. Doing this show, I'm just realizing, like, 
That was not that long for her. I, I no. think she and and she changed gears really fast. Like mm-hmm. we were just talking about her with Billy Bob Thornton, like pretty recently, where she's still sort of like girl interrupted, wild child, crazy gothy mm-hmm. lady who likes blood. And she changed gears so fast into actually, I really care about child welfare. Yeah, and we believe it because she really seems to care. That those have been. She's in more movies like this than she is movies yes. like uh, Laura Croft and, and was she Salt. Was that her? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she's clearly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she I think she had a taste of superstardom and just decided to specify what she wanted to do. So good on her. Mm-hmm. But we can also talk about white savior narratives if you want to um, or about bringing attention to good things. But I do want to keep talking about we, white savior narratives. There's plenty of white, sa- white savior narrative talk to be had in what I will call. I think this is one of the most miserable experiences I've had doing 302010 in my I, I thought I had seen this movie. It is notorious. It is stupid. It is fucking awful. Irredeemably dumb. I hate it so much in everything I thought it was going to be in an entertaining way. It was not Alfre Woodard, Woodard, Deborah Winger, Cuba Gooding Jr. And Ed Harris, which is this movie might as well be called coach Ed Harris radio. A town where winning is everything. You just make room for your daughter and football. A stranger. He goes by radio. He's going to be helping us out for a while. Okay, who will come into their lives. Why on earth are you doing this? I figure it's the right thing to do. You okay? And change the way they see the world. This radio! Never a mistake to care for someone. We're not the ones been teaching radio. Radio's the one been teaching us. Cuba Gooding Jr., Ed Harris, Deborah Winger, Radio, Ready PG. In- Black, 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 uh, black. So black. here it is again. Guy with an R name. Football. The seventies, based on a true story. Inspirational as hell. Yeah, I. It's not I, like, inspirational I at. I don't think at all. Because like, it, I think the movie would have been better if it was just a series of vignettes about radio. And at certain points, it is just that. But it, the movie, is so awful. What I really wanted, I wanted Simple Jack. Because this is the last full <laughs> R-word movie I can think of. We haven't made a movie like this in a long time. And there really is yeah. no reason for... An, and you do not get that. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s performance is measured in light. You, you, do not, you do not get a super silly person with mental disabilities. It, it ne- Sadly, I wanted that. <laughs> I wanted a dumb haircut and weird teeth and googly eyes. He doesn't do that at all. It is subdued. Do not go into this movie looking for that. But the movie, as a, it's just something I'm learning more. I think we're learning more about narratively, isn't about him at all. It is about how awesome Ed Harris is. Because if you made this movie today, and like it was interesting at the time this movie was made, the real life radio was still alive. He mm-hmm. only died in 2019. And small town, black mentally challenged person like holy shit that's got to be an interesting and rough life to try to make your way into becoming a beloved fixture in an entire town has to be an interesting story it's not it's about ed harris and how charitable he is and if you made the movie today like unlike rudy radio has no aptitude for sports at all there's a montage of their mascot yeah and that's that's even like makes it more gross (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, it's fine, but like, cause this, this guy is beloved by the whole team, but like 
he's only there to show you how great Ed Harris is. This isn't a movie <laughs> about the story of radio. It's the story of Ed Harris being awesome and charitable. Fucking bullshit white savior nonsense. I hated every second of this two-hour movie. It sucks. <laughs> radio has no character development. Nothing happens to him that helps cha him change, grow, or do anything. It's all about how good white people feel when they're nice to him. It sucks. Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's representation of people with developmental disabilities or mental challenges. Or it's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, we we've talked so much in the last bunch of years about representation of like let trans actresses play trans characters. You know, you don't cast white people to play black people. Can you cast developmentally challenged people? Yes, there are actors yes. who have developmental I, I challenges have, I and, and never let seen them play represent themselves. representation so highlighted. Like how much more watchable this movie would have been with a real performance with someone mm -hmm. really dealing with these issues rather than the subdued one that I, I, I it does seem like a choice. Do not heighten this. He barely talks in the film. Okay. Um, but it's so, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I hate this movie so fucking much. So much. I, I, I'm not surprised that you hate it, but I'm surprised that you hate it for that reason and not that it's, yeah, it's it, it's like full R word. Uh, look, look at how brave Cuba Gooding Jr. is for playing this part. He never Shut does up. anything. He never gets any moment, other than like tragedy that befalls him from living in the shitty town at the shitty time. Everything is about Ed Harris. I'm neglecting my daughter. Why can't you love me like you love radio, Dad? Get the fuck out of here. Shut up with all this shit. He's way more obsessed with football than he is with you or radio. Uh, he's a bad dad. Yet here he is being fucking <laughs> elevated to Christ-like status because he didn't send because he didn't send one <laughs> retarded guy to jail. God damn it! This movie sucks. It sucks so hard. Don't stream it on HBO Max because that's where it is. Uh, it. I hate this movie. And the only thing good about it to me, I think the production image, if you Google radio, is hilarious. And mm -hmm. of Cuba Gooding Jr. looking at the camera and fiddling with a radio in full simple jack mode. The movie is never that great. It's a dumb story, but I worked at a website where I met Diana's husband. Um, after a couple of years, we debuted comments and then we had to debut profiles. And my old buddy Shane, every day before we left work, we had full admin authority and we would change one or the other. It was who can change <laughs> your profile image to radio uh, before the weekend. And we would we did it for years uh, because the picture is that funny to me. Only redeemable thing about this awful, awful, awful fucking movie. It's a feel-good movie for the dumbest person imaginable. Hate this movie. Uh, never watch this movie. Are, am I, yeah. am, are we good? I feel well. The, I, I didn't it, watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I, representation makes me feel bad because, like, the depictions of people with disabilities mm -hmm. as being like perfect and saintly really piss me off. Yeah. But on the other hand, some people maybe need to see that. Just yeah. like, yeah, don't make fun of the special needs kid. And and, and th some, they're fucking some, humans. They and, need to be some people. They need to be humanized. And, and like, and like, learn, like oh, all of us, okay, treat them okay. They can be funny too. Yes. He, radio the, doesn't get that. It's all fucking dramatic. It's all fucking mm -hmm. like Oscar bait. 
every when you see mental, the mentally challenged represented, I, I I'm at a loss here. But like Cohen Brothers, uh, 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 Fairly Brothers movies, or the show mm-hmm. Legit, they're allowed to have fucking funny moments, and radio is pretty much denied that for just the sappiest, stupidest montages you could ever imagine. No, um, but this whole time they thought they were teaching him, and he was teaching them. <laughs> That's the other thing. The vignettes, they, they uh, cycle. They repeat themselves. He's abused constantly because of this shitty Southern... T- moving on. Moving on. Right. Let's move on. Because I, I thought that was... This movie, you could argue, is, is shittier. <laughs> yeah, well, but it is brought to us by the guy who brought us Chernobyl and The Last of Us. It's so crazy. Simon Rex, Leslie Jesus. Nielsen, Regina... Chernobyl was... Sorry, Chernobyl is just the greatest TV show to yes. come out of that entire year and yeah. maybe the greatest piece of media to come out that it, it, entire it was. year. And you're telling me that that creator yeah. also gave us this. Yes. Yes. He I am angry at the universe. Uh, I should also say it's brought to you by people who made the some of the funniest movies of all time. This and is true. Now bring you the least, one of the least funny movies, Simon Rex, Leslie Nielsen, Regina Hall, Anthony Anderson, Charlie Sheen, and doing a handoff, the the lead of this, Anna Ferris, it's number one at the box office. It's Scary Movie 3. Oh, something scary is happening. Oh, man. Three times the terror. Your phone rings, and a creepy voice says, you're going to die. Okay. Who's gay? Can you hear me now? Yes, perfect. Three times the suspense. Where is my daughter? I am your daughter. <laughs> Scary Movie 3. I am Orpheus. Are you still doing here? I'm prophesizing. Well, I'm prophesizing my foot halfway up. PG-13. Yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, I love Airplane and Naked Gun so much. Which is, is this? A Abrams? Zucker? Which one Zucker. is it? David Zucker. Zucker. Uh, the guys who brought you, the guy who brought you those movies, why, he should be the greatest at parodies. No. Because all of their movies eventually became pop culture parodies. Naked Gun is a pitch-perfect, cheesy 70s cop parody. Great. Airplane is a disaster movie parody. What you just heard is a Matrix parody in this movie that's supposed to be sending up horror movies. This is when the Wayans brothers depart ownership of the scary movie series. And they... Yep. How... How do you take young black voices and then (laughs) throw in the oldest guys in comedy... And let them run this franchise. Holy shit, what a fucking mistake. I, I, th- there's barely anything redeemable about the first two scary movies, except at least there are gross-out things of parodying popular horror, mostly yeah. consistently. I, 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 I have a theory that the three in this title is not uh, telling you what sequel number it is, but telling you how many times you will mildly smile yeah. in the course of watching this <laughs> film. It yeah. sucks. Now, we're watching the evolution of these get shittier and shittier because, yeah, all right, they got signs in the ring. You can argue those are definitely horror movies. And that's, that's a lot of focus. There's also like the others. Okay, cool. But Matrix and Eight Mile also show up. And it's like, okay, it's just things that are popular like a year ago. And at least they are actually watching the movies that they are making fun of to make fun of them as these go on. And we start getting into the Freiburg Seltzer guys who are you know, or the original scary movie, but they start doing an epic movie and meet the Spartans. Whereas just based on the trailer, they don't even know what the movie is going to be and whether it's going to be a hit. At least they're paying attention to signs for once. Oh, God. Oh, 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 I hate, I, uh, I do not like the, 
I do not like these movies, but it, and it's hard to get through. But like, I, I wish I had more patience for them because it is a, it can be a fun glimpse of what was going on at the time. Uh, but exactly. this is as good as it gets because, the, like Diana said, the rest of it is like making fun of marketing. It's it's awful. Uh, fuck this movie. The only nice thing I I did not watch this. I can't. I can't with these bad comedies are so hard to watch. I can't. Just reading, okay, well, what's the story and all that? The only nice thing I have to say about it is if you have to cast someone as the architect from Matrix Reloaded, George Carlin's a pretty good choice. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Uh, I'm, oh, oh. Uh, let's move on to TV because uh, it gets a little more interesting there. Rod Roddy, it's a real name. Uh, he makes his final appearance as an announcer on The Price is Right. Um, oh, wow. And he pulls yes. like a the Charles Schultz. Of my- of my sick days in childhood. <laughs> and he dies a week and later. And it is, he dies a week later. So the lesson mm. is work forever. Never quit your job because then you're just going to die. Okay? Have Charles Schultz. <laughs> but it is so weird to hear Rod Roddy talk about anything non-price Ooh, is right me. related. Talk to the hand, Craig. I'm not participating. This is a roundtable discussion, and I was here for a town hall. You know what, Kilborn? Your interviewing is piss poor. <laughs> <laughs> I think this that's the premise for the entire premise for Brockmire, a show I love. Uh, yeah, uh, R.I.P. Rod Roddy. Man, jackass spinoffs as far as the eye can see this week. Um, I, If you were you're a longtime listener of the show, it is astonishing how short-lived the jackass phenomenon was as a TV show controversial yeah. from day one and basic cable falls apart very quickly. It's, it's just like 18 months. How much it is. So it's equally astonishing how much longer wild boys and Viva La Bam ran. Like they have almost twice the, they run for four years each with almost twice the amount of content as jackass, but super similar. I think Viva La Bam is tinged with a little tragedy right now. Just because mm-hmm. I did watch the show, it's it is super annoying, but it is one of the only good reality shows because the whole point was to break, fuck up, mess with, prank everybody. That's what they use the budget for. And I heard Bam Margera talk about it like, we're just going to Europe and we don't have anything planned. And MTV's like, we'll give you hundreds of thousands of dollars to pull, throw a Lamborghini in the heart, like just do whatever <laughs> you want. And like, like tear down your parents' home in front of them, like weird stunts like that. But everybody involved with that CKY crew during this period is in like the throes of addiction or mm. brought upon some of sometimes brought upon by painkillers. Some of them have gotten better. A lot of them don't talk and Bam Margera is in a super weird state on this. The a bit of the more pleasant side wild boys is Still pretty fun, and everybody involved is still doing all right. Uh, Chris Pontius and Steve-O head to exotic locations all around the world to have animals fuck with them. It is pretty irresponsible. And, and, and you know you know what you should look up? The height of this. This show was popular enough. They filmed a Nintendo DS commercial that is just a lions fucking with them in a tree while they play Nintendo DS. And I heard them like, no, th- that is real, and we... Almost got very, very hurt. <laughs> very hurt when the lions started crawling up the trees with us. Uh, but yeah, Wild Boy. Usually in thongs, Chris Pontius and Steve-O mess with animals in a way that's probably illegal now, but very uh, Yeah, mm. I'm I'm reading up. I did not realize that Wild Boys was 
Chris Pontius and Steve-O, I thought it was unrelated to Jackass. It was like a Jackass clone. And to see that they played keep away with a pack of hyenas. Yeah. With, with a ham as the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. Usually in, usually in locations where there's things like this were, were not or maybe still are not regulated as much as they should be. So Florida? <laughs> yeah, they go to, <laughs> you have no idea how many times they go to Florida. They go to Florida all the time. Uh, that's why Mandy, but yeah, it's it's like all the Jackass crew, guest stars, Jeff Tremaine, the director is directing all this. Yeah, uh, very, very much keeping the spirit of Jackass alive for hopefully another decade. We'll see. Uh, Skin debuts on Fox. That's a show about uh, pudding? No, oh. it's about <laughs> it's a modern Romeo and Juliet with uh, the son of a DA and the daughter of a porn kingpin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it got pretty good reviews. It was super, super hyped. And um, they, they just I don't think they even finished out all the episodes that they filmed. Wow. Sucks. Um, it's got to love you wild in it. I like her. What I really love or wish I loved more because I I'm too old to have seen House of Mouse. It's, I think, airing on Saturday morning somewhere on the Disney Channel. It ends after three seasons, uh, having started in 2001. But if you're a... that Did you, did everybody see that Once Upon a Two Studio short that hit Disney Plus this week, which is like, has mm-hmm. so yeah, much like fun. This is that every episode, every single episode. And I just found it recently. We were looking for the Haunted Mansion song, Grin Grinning Ghosts, and they had this animated segment with Pete being tortured by the Haunted Mansion characters, the skeleton dance characters, like all Disney depictions of horror and Halloween in one thing. Mickey runs what? Like a restaurant or some shit? It's it's just like... Yeah, he, he runs a restaurant, and it's the perfect way to get everybody in. You know, all your Disney buddies are going to come in and eat at this restaurant. And it's the novelty of seeing, uh, you know, the bad guy from Aladdin hang out with Bambi's mom. Yep. Why not? It's super. Oh, they had to stop it because it was narrated by Rod Roddy. So they just (laughs) shut it down. And it's done. It's done. My favorite form of Disney animation are theatrical shorts from the the 20s to the the 40s or the, the the 60s and that's what this is sending up the the golden age of disney animation with a bunch of your favorite theatrical animation characters it's very cool and something you think given who disney is would be happening all the time somewhere on disney's many platforms and isn't there is no animated avenue where all these characters come and play together other than that short that just debuted on Disney plus once upon a studio. Uh, very, very good. And then, um, not yet Disney, uh, X-Men evolution ends, um, uh, after two, 2000 started in 2000. Goodbye. Yeah. X-Men. Evolution. Uh, this, this is what introduced X 23 mm-hmm. who are now part of the movies, um, now part of the comic book universe. So, it was an interesting idea. X-Men as younger, you know, originally started off as a school. Yeah. So you had the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants attending classes right next to your classic X-Men characters. They moved beyond that, but I thought it was an interesting uh, way to go. And this also gave us goth rogue. So that will live on <laughs> hey. forever. Uh, and then in baseball update, uh, the World Series 
My Florida Marlins beat the shit out of them New York Yankees. Uh, one of the biggest upsets in baseball history. I, I, this I, was a big surprise. I mean, come on. This is a huge surprise. I, it's like expansion Marlins- teams usually take like over a decade to get moving. And the, the Marlins yeah. are not that old. I We used to root for the Atlanta Braves as a Floridian because we did not have a baseball team for the first 13 years mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah, uh, they're up against the Yankees who have just been powerhouses lately. I saw the stat that was like technically the Yankees scored more runs throughout the series, just not when they needed them. Marlins oh. won. Marlins beat them in game six, and uh, that's good. Fuck the Yankees. Yeah, fuck the Yankees. Fuck um, the Cowboys, too. Fuck and, everybody. And then, oh, moving on to games of 2003, my last true wonderful experience with the SSX series, SSX 3. And it wasn't even the best of those those early games. No. Two was best. This was okay. One and two Tricky. definitely need to be remade. Mm-hmm. I don't think this needs to be remade. I, I believe I, the concept I, was like, just, it's just one whole mountain. You can, like, who cares? I can't see the whole mountain. They're just courses to me. But yeah, mm-hmm. you could take the whole mountain. You could take a small course of the mountain. Like, it's just something that looks good. It's one of those game aspects that looks good in a press release. I can't do anything with a whole mountain. It's not like an open world. Like, I can go up it. But I can only go down. Yeah. Uh, so it's a silly concept. But it was the last time I was, like, day one SSX. for Yeah. That's it. it. They need to make a uh, DLC for this game where your board drops off on the chairlift. And then you have to yeah. walk down the mountain to get <laughs> your board. Uh, and then on PS2, Castlevania Lament of Innocence. Video Game Apocalypse just did a, a showcase on, I think, the most hated final uh, Castlevania games. So if you're into video games... Listen to more of that. Lament of Innocence, I, the ship had sailed for me on Castlevania. Uh, I, it, this was probably a 3D thing, right? Wasn't it? Just oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- you have your classic weapons, your axe, your daggers, etc. The interesting thing is uh, the big bads drop orbs, and each orb equips your sub-weapon in a different way. So mm. that seemed like kind of a cool idea. Yeah, uh, and want to talk cool idea. Perhaps, I think this might be my favorite. The early days of consoles with multiplayer games, online multiplayer, Crimson Skies, High Road to Revenge. Even mm. even Diana would love the the motif. It's like the Rocketeer, uh, alternate history Rocketeer. Tailspin. Yeah. This is like <laughs> as close as we have ever gotten to like a Tailspin game. Yeah. Yeah, unique... Uh, steampunky planes and then multiplayer like yeah fucking controller based dogfights why hasn't this happened before so much fun and it's glorious to me if you have game pass it's available i think you can buy it still it's backwards compatible on your current xboxes and if you have game pass no extra charge still can play it maybe even play it online i should have tried before the show this astounds me the next game sea world adventure parks tycoon for pc what the fuck, Disney? Where is there's so many park builder games and you're never involved? Yeah. No, no, the Disney brand is far too expensive mm-hmm. to risk having some kid make a bad park in their park simulator oh. and be like, "I'm not going to go to Disney World. This park sucks. Look at that. I don't have any bathrooms here." Yeah, I made a giant boner out of a roller coaster. Hooray! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but SeaWorld doesn't give a fuck. SeaWorld, which I love making fun of. 
has almost no identity at this point because it's phasing. It looks to be phasing out a lot of its animal-based stuff. And uh, because of cruelty... Who the hell is going to go to sea world without animals? If you haven't been there, th- uh, most of what they ad- they've added is roller coaster-based. There is... A Halloween Horror Nights at SeaWorld this year that I'm constantly getting advertised to me. Like, what? Don't wake the fishies up. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't make the dolphins work night shifts. So, uh, yeah, I think I was reading how they're probably, I don't know if they'll change the name, but I don't think they're going to focus on the sea aspect of SeaWorld. That will be relegated to the era of the circus and the 80s. Uh, where does JR stand on Lord of the Rings movies are super popular and some smart video game makers snatched up the rights to everything except the Lord <laughs> of the Rings from Tolkien and started making other games. The Hobbit comes out on GBA. Not good. Skip it. Not good. Skip it. And one of my mm-hmm. favorite, most confusingly titled series, why Super Mario God. Advance 4 is out this week. By that, I mean Super Mario 3. It's Super Mario Advance 4. <laughs> what? <laughs> God. Damn, that's because fucking... Super Mario Advance One was Super Mario Two. Of course, that's that's why it's super... <laughs> and so, but this wait, is wait, I think wait, wait. so Super Mario Advance One was Super, super Mario, Mario two. Brothers Two. Yes, Super Mario Advance Two and Three. What the hell are that? Super Mario t- uh, Super Mario World Four and Five, respectively. And now we're back to Super Mario Brothers Three. This is at the time, and even today, Super Mario Three might be the most beloved 2D Mario, I say, on the eve of Super Mario Neater about to rock my face. Uh, but uh, Super Mario 3 is the most beloved, which is why they saved it for last, the final of the series. Oh, uh, mm. I see. But the, these are, uh, we'll never talk about them again, so I just want to say they are the best updates to these classic 2D games that ever existed and still yeah. play incredibly well and have new features. And I think you can play them on Switch Online with the expansion pass that I don't have. You can. There are three ways to play Super Mario Brothers 3 on the Switch right now. The original NES game, Super Mario All-Stars, which has it, and now this one. And this one did come with the e-reader card where you could get new Super Mario 3 levels, which should be a great joy in the world. Diana, do you want to hear about the e-reader card? Yes. What? Imagine. What does that mean? It, it, it's it's cute because the level, the amount of data required for these old school games, especially like the NES era, they found out they could store on paper credit cards. So they have a credit card reader essentially for the DS, and you swipe them through. You could buy packs of these cards, uh, and I don't remember how these were sold, but yeah, they're, they're different levels. Or it could be Donkey Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kong fits on the data fits on a credit card. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, that was a. I never had one, but yeah, Super Mario Advance Four, very good game. Um, yeah, kind of hankering to replay it. Final game of the day is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ah. coming out on Windows, GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. So a cell shaded beat 'em up, which means it will last forever, forever. Yeah, it'll, it'll it's hold always going to be good. While. Okay, well, with uh, that out of the way, 2003 is in the can. We'll close out with uh, Marcus Houston's clubbing. Uh, but stay tuned. We got one more seg- segment in the 302010 barrel. Don't move. You know we be up in the club.
dancing with a nice honey and a friend. One on the back and one on the front. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of October 20th through 26th, we get... Honestly, it is a something for everyone week. Uh, I'm very happy. Let's start with 90 years ago. Saw the release of one of the, the great pre-code classic musicals from 1933. It's Footlight Parade, which is like the most musical... Because it's got everybody. It's got James Cagney. It's got Joan Blundell. It's got Dick Powell. It's got Ruby Keeler, who is a super underrated dancer. My God, how does it, she has the energy of a six-year-old hopped up on pixie sticks. My God, she moves fast. I, I mean, it's a musical. It's directed by Busby Berkeley, does all the numbers. So is there something like in a pool with 300 choreographed swimmers? Yeah, of course there is. It's kind of fun because it's 1933, and it's actually about a modern problem for them, which is... Well, I produce Broadway musicals, but everyone's going to these newfangled movie theaters. How are we going to survive? What if we put on big numbers before movies? Okay, I think they should still do that, but no one listens to me. But it's uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun because James Cagney this time was also still doing gangster movies, but he grew up as a song and dance man. So let him dance, goddammit. So yeah, Footlight Parade, if you want to, the origin of the Hollywood musical, that's that and 42nd Street is kind of all you need. I mean, that's, you, you get it. And moving forward to 40 years ago this week, 1983, saw the release of, I think, the most dad movie that's ever happened. And most people would say probably Hunt for Red October. But I'm going to go with the right stuff. The story of the Mercury astronauts, the beginning of the space race. It's, I, I, it, I find it pretty amazing because it has a massive cast. There are so many characters. It, it's based on the Tom Wolfe nonfiction book which is a freaking doorstop but it's got sam shepherd fred ward dennis quaid ed harris there he is again <laughs> scott glenn lance henriksen uh barbara hershey veronica cartwright it's got so many characters and there's so much going on it's over three hours and it doesn't feel like it like it feels like it's moving along you care about the different characters you care about the technical stuff like the, i think that's what makes a dad movie it's about men confronting a technical problem and yeah, that's what the right stuff is with a whole bunch of history. I, I just, I, just, I think it's pretty amazing that they could make this work because there's just so much there. I mean, it's, it's a very, very big story, and and they boil it down so you totally understand it. So yeah, right stuff from 1983, and then in time for spooky season, Cronenberg, Walken, Stephen King. I'm sold. That's all I need. The Dead Zone from 1983. This is a great com- combination of peoples. I'm so happy. It's and it's it's a it's a pretty solid movie, man. You know, it's about a guy who has a head injury and now he can like see into the past, present, and future of different people. And then, uh, what a fucking curse that would be! And it would be scary. And it's Christopher Walken, so he looks haunted as hell the whole time, which is how it would be. It's terrifying. He sees some terrifying things, and then he's got to go deal with it. Yeah, Dead Zone, total total recommend. It's interesting watching sort of Cronenberg's career, sort of hitting into the mainstream here a bit more, more than, you know, scanners or Videodrome. It's like, oh, this is pretty accessible to regular folks. It's like an hour and a half long. Doesn't overstay its welcome. Has a lot of fun ideas. Very interesting. Very moody. Yeah, love it. Dead Zone from 1983. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Oh, 
Coming into 2013 with Reflector by Arcade Fire. Who? What is Arcade Fire? I believe was a lot of questions people were asking this year. Do you remember that when they won a Grammy and it was revealed how, how little of the world had heard of Arcade Fire? Yes. <laughs> That's 10 years ago, baby. Other new albums that came out October 20 through the 26. Burials by AFI. Another Life by Emphatic. New Demons by IC Stars. Wrapped in Red by Kelly Clarkson. Self-titled by Union J. No Blues by Los... Campesinos and Volition by Protest the Hero. Royals by Lord is still number one. I'm going to have to hold on to Wrapped in Red by Kelly Clarkson and play it closer to Christmas because I skip over all these Christmas albums because they're all just cover albums. This actually writing new Christmas songs. Thank you. Thank you. It's got to be something. The only new addition I've made is Candy Cane Lane from Sia, but we need new Christmas songs, people. Come on. Look at you, Mariah. I'm not done, ready to be done with Halloween yet. It's a good thing, too, because uh, one of these movies is terrifying. <laughs> movies of 2013, October 20th through the 26th. Blue is the warmest color, starring French people. Leah Sedu and Diana spelled this out for me phonetically. Adelaide XR Chapolos. Chupolos? Thank you. Chop- yeah, XR Chupolos. Chupolos. Chupa Chupa what I call her. Or him. Chupa Chups. <laughs> Adele Chupa Chups. <laughs> Yeah, so blue is the warmest color. It won the Palme d'Or can this year. I believe it, it swept all, all the judges. Uh, president of the jury was Steven Spielberg. And people were a little bit surprised that this um, rather graphic movie about lesbians, he fu- fully got behind. He was like, yes. Because um, there, was, there was a little controversy about it because it sounds like, like they filmed a long time. The working conditions weren't great. And the actresses were a little unhappy with how they were treated, especially because they had to do a bunch of graphic sex scenes. So it's an NC-17. It barely gets released in the U.S. It pretty much goes straight to DVD. But mm. it's really freaking good, man. It's tough because like we were talking about representation. This is a, you know, a movie. It's a coming-of-age story and then a relationship story about two women made by a straight dude starring straight women. And I feel like it gets to so much like truth of like growing up and not knowing like you know that you're different and you know you're attracted to certain things but like you don't know what that means and then finding like that special person and growing a relationship but also it's like maybe maybe the two of you don't work together that way but you also don't have a lot of options because Mm. you're gay and there are fewer lesbian women around (sighs) and just how it changed how the relationship changes over time and they grow apart and they come back together and it's just uh it's beautiful it's really beautiful Hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah. I love this because this is kind of. Oh, I love this movie. Robert Redford. <laughs> I wish I loved it more. All is Lost, starring Robert Redford, and he's pretty much the only person in this. And something like fifty-six words in this whole movie. Yeah, Jesus. and and I think I went into it back in the day like it's Robert Redford's Castaway, and that's sort of yes, it, it's, yes, it's, it sort of yes. is. It's just like. It's mostly a soundstage instead of the grandiose filming of a, a uh, castaway. No, they're in the, the Titanic tank in yeah. Rosarito, Mexico. Yeah. That's really but for months, yeah. for months they are in this tank filming this fairly harrowing story of a guy Robert Redford's age lost at sea. Yeah. It's and- just him versus the elements of he's asleep. Something happened to his boat. 
hit it hit a loose uh, container that fell off a cargo ship. Mm-hmm. Now now the ship is sinking, and it's all the different things he has to make decisions about. Of all right, well we got to pump out the water here, and what if I tack this way? Oh fuck, a storm is coming. What am I going to do? And yeah, just those quick decisions of trying to not die. Yeah. Just yeah yeah it's I mean, yeah it's a lot like Castaway, I, but it's like mo- way more tense. I cannot tell you. I really think I would give up way sooner than Redford and Hanks. Mm. I'm just toast. I'm so tired. It's just easier to die. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, Chris. Every time I've thought I was going to die, there would be nothing I wouldn't do to live one minute longer. I, 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 and it's I, always going to be one minute longer. Knowing my brain, I, I kind of thrive in new and chaotic situations. So like... Ooh, new stuff to think about. And it's the routine stuff that kills me. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I, I, for me, it's just the pressure of I have to make a split decision right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to fully commit to that decision. And it might be the wrong one. Yeah. Like, that's like the whole movie is the, that feeling. Well, in survival situations, there's a saying, you know, the wrong decision is often better than no decision. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you're in these times when every second counts, you've got to just decide and go with it, even though you'd love hours to plan it out. You don't have hours. You got one second. Choose and go. Yep, yeah. exactly. So also, <laughs> I love the, the, the writer director of this. It just shows where the film industry is now. His previous movie was Margin Call, which is, you know, an adult movie for adults. This is obviously very harrowing survival story. His next movie is Craven the Hunter. This is <laughs> this is what Hollywood is doing. To anyone, oh, do you know vaguely where to put a camera? Okay, here's $150 million in a superhero yeah. go. Don't make any creative decisions. <laughs> it's it's insane. Oh, yeah, you, all is lost. A, a total you, recommend. I'm kind of surprised it, that like Redford didn't pull a lot of Oscar nominations. Uh, Triple Frontier, which is like a heist meet survival movie. Um, hmm. I have not seen that one. Uh, Netflix, baby. Uh, all right. So, yeah, no, I... Yeah, if you want something castaway that's a thriller, all is lost. Total recommend. Now, if you want to watch the bleakest <laughs> fucking movie, like, I didn't even know this existed. Where was the marketing? Did you like No Country for Old Men? Javier Bardem is in another movie written by the author of No Country for Old Men in his first screenplay by Cormac McCarthy. And we've rounded it out with an A-list cast. Dean Norris, John Leguizamo for a single scene. Natalie Dormer... Penelope Cruz, uh, Brad Pitt, Cameron Diaz, Javier Bardem, and Michael Fassbender in The Counselor. Be careful what you wish for, Angel. We've got a problem. Does this have anything to do with the deal? You're in trouble. I don't know what she knows. She knows things about me that I don't know about myself. The Counselor glistens like a diamond and cuts like a serrated knife. The slaughter to come is beyond our imagining. When the axe comes through the door... Already be gone. The counselor. You don't know someone till you know what they want. What? Where? What? I've never even like heard of this. And this is a super for Ridley Scott and the cast involved. A micro budgeted film. They made almost under the radar. And I don't know what their goal was, but the whole movie seems to strive to make you deeply uncomfortable the entire time. When it's not bleak and depressing, it is way overly sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I I am so torn as most critics were on the counselor. Uh, it made a lot of worst of the year lists and there are some critics that really defend it because it is so so strange. Yes. And 
garish and over the top and like the basic story is michael fassbender is the counselor he doesn't get a name he's he's a, a lawyer who gets involved with some drug dealers trying to make a score and it all goes tits up you know he makes one bad decision to get involved with horrible people and surprise horrible things happen to everyone has there ever been a movie where just this regular person decides to make a deal with horrible people and it works out perfectly for him and he like <laughs> suffers no bad consequences from that yeah These well kind of... that wouldn't really be a movie <laughs> you could it would just have to be a psychological examination you know the bad thing is the first 15 minutes and then the next 75 I... is him coming to grips with i got away with it um... i should never ever do this again Am I a horrible person? Now, sometimes I because I, I know think about that after I fully pay for both of my kids' college education. What is that? That's that's old Hollywood code <laughs> shit. All of our crime movies, like you can depict crime and criminals, but the third act they have to pay a penalty. But we don't hear crime stories from people who, unless they're caught, because <laughs> there ha there have to be people sitting pretty on crime or retired from a big heist that just shut their fucking mouths and aren't telling us anything. Hundred <laughs> percent. By definition, the most successful criminals are the ones who are never caught and you never hear from. Yeah. That's a real problem in criminal justice study. We have this set of right. data we can collect from, <laughs> but the data is one hundred percent the, the people's <laughs> the losers. <laughs> so on the one hand, the counselor is kind of like a, you know, pride goeth before the fall story. On the other hand, it is, I feel like Cormac McCarthy is just throwing crazy shit in just because he can. Like, he thought of it, so he's just going to put it here. Like, I appreciate that, spoiler alert, I mean, the true villain of the thing is the drug dealer's girlfriend, is Cameron Diaz, um, who's very, very, I can't even say amoral, immoral. Like, she's she's a really rough person. And I kind of understand why she's retired now. <laughs> this is what she's, gonna, like, she is going for it. Don't think she ain't going for it, but she also has one of the most infamous scenes. I can't believe people don't talk about this all the time. Like the paper boy. When I talk about the paper boy, Lee Daniels paper boy, people immediately like, oh yeah, the movie where Nicole Kidman pees on Zach Efron. People and, and that's like the eighth <laughs> weirdest thing that happens in that movie. The counselor should be the movie that everyone knows where Cameron Diaz fucks a car. Yeah. She fucked my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Javier Bardem tells a story. So we see it in flashback of they're having like a nice drive they're driving around they hang out on a golf course and she says i'm gonna fuck your car takes off her underwear climbs onto the windshield and fucks the car so th what does I, this I have would... to do with anything i don't know but cormac mccarthy thought i want to call this a terrible movie but yes it's from ridley scott a guy whose movies in my opinion are so traditionally by the numbers I call them movie filler. You can't know what's good or bad unless you've seen The Middle, which is always a Ridley Scott movie. I, I find them so boring and couldn't be looking forward to anything less than his Napoleon movie. So he, he knows the formula of making a movie and is obviously going out of his way to break it. There is, I want to say the whole movie is this philosophical meditation on morality, but I didn't get that from it. But there is, there is something so brutal and intentional going on. I can't call it terrible because it's it really is going out of its way to be jarring and, yeah. and for, from a from a guy who doesn't typically do that and it, so it the intentionality uh, it didn't work for me but it's i don't know there's something that i want to applaud about it 
and since we're spoiling things, this is my favorite Brad Pitt death of all time. I thought it was burn after reading, <laughs> but holy shit, holy shit, this is brutal and, and out of yeah. out of nowhere. Cheetah smuggling, drug dealing, car fucking, Penelope Cruz fingering. What does this movie? There's so many things that in this movie that I, I remember, so it worked on some level on me, but it is deeply unpleasant on purpose. Yes. On yeah. purpose. It, it blows my mind that this is a Ridley Scott film because, I mean, Ridley Scott, even at his worst, is extremely competent yeah. at filmmaking. Like, even uh, plenty of Ridley Scott movies that just don't work for me. He knows exactly what he's doing. I can't believe this is a Ridley Scott movie. This feels like an Oliver Stone movie. Yeah. Or, or like Th- that kind of crazy over the top. I'm not sure if he knows that's a joke or not kind of feeling. Yeah, it, it's it's baffling. And it, it and it, there's like so many moments that like this is just a 10 minute speech. And then we cut to raw violence like <laughs> right afterwards. Uh, oh, yeah. What is I, I'm shocked. I've never heard anybody talk about this. I don't know the film's reputation, but it should sort of have one. Uh, yeah. I, I want someone smarter than me to tackle this film, even though Diana already did. Uh, oh, and JR, presumably, everyone's smarter than me. Uh, I was complimenting both of you. I just didn't know if JR had seen it. I'm dying to know what other people think. Because the critics, like, even at mm. best, like, this is going to divide the fuck out of people. This is not going to be a popular film. It, that's the best thing you could say about it. And it, it is weird, deeply weird, with an A-list writer, director, and cast. I don't know of many things like it, and it, it seems everybody took a pay cut to be a part of it. So I'd, I'd be more interested to see, hear more about what they feel. I'm just shocked this wasn't, I couldn't have been paying more attention to movies at this point. Where was the marketing on this? Holy shit. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I Yes, this is it's like, this is the kind of thing I could rabbit hole, go down a rabbit hole and end up watching this like 16 times trying yeah. to figure out why. Yeah. I don't. Know. It reminded me of Killing Them Softly, and uh, a movie again that I don't love, but love thinking about. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I loved Killing Them Softly. It just hurts. All of it hurts. Oh, yeah. So the the counselor. So the cat's the counselor. Hard pivot to the oh number one movie at the box office well, this week. No, I I can segue. Oh, the counselor made me really uncomfortable. Yes. There's your segue. The next movie is about making people uncomfortable. Yes. But for comedic effect, instead of me sitting at my computer going, wait, what? Oh, God. Oh, my God. The head's Uh, gone. Jackson Nickel, (laughs) Johnny Knoxville, Jackass Presents, Bad Grandpa. Send this to North Carolina. We can't shoot humans. Can we call the police so on this? Give me a pen. We'll write fragile. Oh, wow. He may not be the best grandpa. They're going to take that child away. You're very pretty you're when you're mad. Me off. But he'll always. Want to have some fun? Yeah. Keep trying. You're a pretty little girl. Aw. It is bizarre that the TV spot gives away the big ending. <laughs> About that. Uh, this is my least favorite Jackass movie of the okay. five or possibly uh, nine. There, there's a point five for all of them. There's a bad grandpa point five for this too of un, unused material in the theatrical release. I remember reading the, the the Jackass guys were bummed. Like no one was really told like you're continuing this brand without any of us. Kind of a, a spinoff of uh, what Irving Sisman, a character 
that's awesome in Jackass to make a full narrative prank movie. I just feel like that's the narrative part is what fucking sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if and I hate comparing it to something that came out 10 years later, Bad Trip. If you haven't seen that, the Eric Andre movie, same director, Jeff Tremaine, all of its narrative devices are pranks too. Its flashbacks are pranks. Its setups are pranks. Uh, its exposition are pranks. This just like grinds the movie to a halt to tell you where the story is going and then present another prank. It feels antiquated now after Bad Trip. How how much that movie goes out of its way to make a joke with everything. I, yeah, I think this is the dullest jackass movie. The worst stunts and the not a, not great pranks. And the prank it you know, but you never know what you're going to get when you prank the public. That's why that doesn't play a huge part in most of the Jackass movies. You're depending mm. on a raw reaction. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. It is definitely the mildest of all Jackass movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're doing a Borat. I get it. You're doing a Borat. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you have a, a rough narrative that is extremely simple and... It's just an excuse to do these like ridiculous pranks to the public. The thing that got me was that every single thing they set up, like, okay, I see where this prank is going. There would be a point where it escalates far beyond what I was expecting. Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, he, he got into the little rocket ship ride that's like in front of a store. He's going to get stuck there. His pants are going to fall. No, the rocket ship blasts through the window of the, <laughs> the, the value village it's sitting in front of. Okay. I was, I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, I I, I thought uh, overall it was really cute. It just every time I started to get bored, it that it would up the ante a bit, which is good. Also, it is the only Jackass product that is nominated for an Oscar. What for? Yes, what, for what editing? <laughs> There's a makeup. lot of it. <laughs> makeup. Wow, it's, it's really good makeup. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's really hard yeah, to tell that that is Jack. <laughs> that is uh, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, yeah. Sorry, it, and it lost to. Dallas Buyers Club, which we haven't talked about yet, but <laughs> yeah. which had a makeup budget of something like fifty dollars. It had wow. the smallest budget of anything ever. Wow, but but still profoundly entertaining for what it is. Like, there's nothing quite like Bad Grandpa. Yeah, and, and the, I just I would appreciate like the editing is very clever. Where I'm never really sure how much is what the audience of you know normies are seeing, and how much is just very clever editing to make us think they're watching this. Yeah, and that they're reacting when they are. It's unclear sometimes how much of this is actually going on in public, but it still plays so fucking funny. Yeah, ultra oh elaborate pranks, and I love that aspect of it you're talking about. To double plan pranks, we don't know what the reaction will be to this, so we need some kind of topper, and that works. As an audience, we're the same as the victims. <laughs> like it, it works. It works really well. I yeah. Yeah, exactly. It goes to you know ladies night at, with a bunch of strippers and you're like okay he's gonna say something inappropriate he's gonna pick a fight he's gonna get his ass beat oh he's starting to sexy dance oh god that's embarrassing and see he's got fake old man balls hanging out of his yeah. pants his uh, underwear that are like halfway down to his knees and everyone starts screaming and running away and then i think my favorite thing is that then he vaults some chairs so now those people are so confused what's happening. That old man should not be vaulting chairs with his, his nuts hanging out. How is this possible? I don't know what's happening. Oh, my God. And yeah. I don't know if you know, Diana, like, those people had, those are not real testicles. Like, they're... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which just, just makes it more though. confusing. Like, why? Yeah. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I still give it a recommend, even though it's my least favorite of the Jackass crew. Even yep. they have their Bugs Life, a great film that I find the least <laughs> interesting. Uh, and, 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 but I remember being sad, just like, does this mean they can't do it anymore or they're not going to do it anymore? And it would be almost 10 years. And they, they not only made a Jackass movie, at some point, because it was during the pandemic, right, when Jackass Forever came out, they mm-hmm. greenlit a new television series. I have heard no information on that ever since. But uh, I hope it comes back. Age. I mean, bones, joints, <sighs> cartilage. You will notice in the last Jackass movie, Johnny Knoxville is retired on camera. Like, he will not do this again. Yeah. Only Steve-O does new shit. The other guys sort of just stand around and do stuff till they puke. They don't. <laughs> the young people, they, they added young people, new cast members. In the, the That's new what group. I was going to say. You this needs to be a generational thing. Once a generation gets too old to abuse their bodies in hilarious ways, wave goodbye to them and welcome in the new generation because that is a young man's game. They should now play on how to abuse the younger people. And I think they're being lazy. They become jackass emeritus. (laughs) Because the real, the strangest story of jackass, Jeff Tremaine and the Dick House people are the producers of ridiculousness. The, no, otherwise known as the only thing on MTV. Otherwise known, it is MTV. MTV is all jackass. <laughs> now, now that's what it is. There's a Jersey Shore show on like twice a week, and then it's all jackass all day with ridiculousness. That it's so strange. The story of jackass. Want more jackass? Not necessarily like Bad Grandpa. And I was confused rewatching it because if you watch a ton of this stuff, buy the DVD, deleted scenes, and it has another movie of material that they shot for this movie. I'm like, where was the, Oh, that's in the fucking deleted scenes. Oh, that's in the movie. I, I can't experience this again in a four hour chunk. Fuck. Uh, sometimes I get a little bummed out, but that happens. Bad grandpa mild. Re- it's a recommend, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's a recommend Rudy. Yeah. And- it's, it's not my favorite, uh, jackass thing by far, but completely watchable, you know, and even for, you know, older folks or folks who aren't into jackass because i can find jackass kind of annoying because there's so much time just standing around with steve-o laughing like an idiot <laughs> yeah dude like come on this is 90 minutes it moves snap 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 we're done all right bad grandpa recommended right up there with rudy in our recommends category <laughs> uh, tv of 2013 finally the story can be told crazy sexy cool the tlc story starring kiki palmer rochelle it's an eights uh, and uh drew sedora I, I'm glad VH1 started finally picking these up of like, yeah, exactly. Do, do the TV movie behind the music Trashy stories. TV movie. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 It's fun. 20 year story told in two hours. <laughs> um, I hope we get to see that house burn down. I did not see. Oh, come on. That's like the end of the second act, right? Yeah. That's it's amazing. I that did not see incredible. Ravenswood, a show that debuted on ABC Family, a channel I did not have 10 years ago supernatural team drama oh. mystery thriller throw in a few more words why don't you it's, I, it's a spin-off of pretty little liars i want to say it's technically i think it got backdoor piloted on somebody else yeah uh and then it's time once again for our <laughs> almost annual dracula reboot happens all the time <laughs> uh but this time on nbc and it is it set in a modern day or it doesn't start in the month. Uh, no, wait. Victorian society? Oh, okay. Because Dracula arrives in London posing as an American 
to bring science to Victorian society. Clever. Okay. Clever. I like Jonathan Rhys Myers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, this was canceled after one season. I had clearly high hopes because they're just like 10 episodes. Let's do this. Halloween time. Perfect. And I remember, where do I stream this? Oh, I can't yet. We're not in that era. Boo. So I totally missed this. I will give most Dracula things a try. Another show I did not see a single frame of, Castle. This is Time Will Tell. And I love Castle because it's willing to get goofy and fun. And this has a guy claiming to be a Kyle Reese type character coming back to save Castle's life. And Castle is such a goofball, he just plays with it. And his partner is like, this is stupid, this is dumb. And he's like, no, no, let's let's hear this guy out. (laughs) You have to, because the only... The biggest evidence we have that time travel doesn't exist is that nobody's come back and told us, or have they? And we don't listen to them, and we hand them a dollar on the street. (laughs) They're our proof of time travel, and they've seen some shit, man, at the end of the universe. I don't know. You send me back three years with the knowledge I just have in my head, I think I could become a billionaire. Yeah, I could ruin the world pretty easily. I got this idea for this Avengers movie, but we got to make 19 of them first. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, moving on to video games of 2013. And this is, if you're not currently playing video games, welcome to the fucking busy season. Uh, Warface, show me your Warface, JR. You call that a Warface, Diana? My least favorite name of any game of all time, Warface. (laughs) Yeah, if you had a gun in it, you had to call it War. Be- What's up, Beyblade? Beyblade Bay- Bay- Evolution for 3DS? Beyblade is such a genius idea. It's like, hey, you know how kids like to collect things? Mm-hmm. Let's have them collect tops. spinning tops, <laughs> tops. Metal spinning <laughs> tops that they'll fling at each other, and the last Beyblade spinning wins. Mm. Genius. Kids love the tactile nature. I do not see what you get from having that be in a video game format. That just mm. seems like taking away the only thing that appeals about Blayblade. It is a little little dumb. And I say that on the week that a Hot Wheels game sequel is coming out. <laughs> uh, but that makes more sense. What does make more sense, and I think there was some concern whether this would ever happen, but the Lego license is so profitable. DC and Lego had been in tandem making games for a while, but would Marvel ever get one? Boom. Lego Marvel Superheroes is out this week. Finally, the comic company I like more is represented in cute Lego form in silly and repetitive gameplay. It captures the Marvel vibe. This is crossover of every character Mm -hmm. interacting, amazing design, huge variety of powers, it's a love letter to Marvel. So and it's put. the Marvel, the MCU is in full swing, and this is doing things that those the movies can't. You got X Men, you got Spider Man playing with everybody. Awesome. This is Rocksmith 2014, the 2014 update to the, what would we call this? Guitar Hero that teaches. Uh, you plug in a real guitar, it also has pretty intense true. tutorials if you want to actually learn how to play guitar. <sighs> yeah, that's this true. Is, I know that is a been a, complaint of people i knew who played guitar being like hey you want to play rock band and they'd be like I, I know where my fingers are supposed to go and so it's it's hard to get my head around it so the idea of you can play if you already know how to play guitar you can play this game if you don't know how to play guitar it will start to teach you mm-hmm. that's fucking brilliant it is brilliant yeah. but it does require like a 400 hundred dollar controller 
<laughs> but it's a, it's still astonishing that it worked at all. Like I, I I remember playing the prototype. Like this is amazing. Even though I saw a friend tune tune a guitar with a phone app, which was like that was news to me in 2023. Wow, I didn't know you could do that. Whatever. Uh, yeah, Rocksmith. Yeah, I think I've made a short film based on this with uh, UB Money. So maybe I'm not. I'm too compromised to talk about it. But uh, yeah, never thrown away a guitar before. And then the game, uh, a maligned game, I would say is pretty cool. Batman Arkham Origins. This is the unsung fourth game in the Arkham series made by a different I really company. want confirmation that this is the entire pitch of the game. The previous one came out and they're like, okay. We just killed the incredibly important, incredibly popular character. So where are we going to go in the sequel? Mm, prequel? Go back in time. I, I think it was also <laughs> important because Rocksteady, the uh, Infinity Ward, if I can use game analogy, uh, to the Batman Arkham series, they got a different studio with different actors to work on a game in the series. So you kind of need to warp it back in time because they don't look or sound alike and some of them are alive. But it's... it's it's a great game. It's just not as great as Batman Arkham City or Arkham Asylum. I still have a distaste for Arkham Knight. But uh, yeah, it's totally worth playing if you haven't. And it's not even included in the collection. So it's still out there, though. And uh, Arkham Origins Blackgate for PS Vita and 3DS. I forgot it had a portable version. I do not know anything about it. And then lastly, I hate this title so much. Every part of this title. For the Wii U, We Party U. God damn it, Nintendo. God damn it. What a cynical move. Here is... Uh, we party you. Eh? I, eh? I feel, JR, eh? are you learning English right now? What has happened? <laughs> we party you, yes? Yes, it's we you. It's, uh, but you can see their logic. Totally. We, we had a humongous success with the Wii. Mario Party's a thing. Let's see if we can expand no, it's, beyond it's a the sequel Mario to Wii party, party, which I think was... We got Wii Sports in the, in America, but I think other territories got Wii Party as its pack-in for the Wii. So it is one of the most played Wii games, sequelized for Wii U, the platform that didn't come with the nunchucks. Hope you kept them. Oh, uh, hate it. And uh, yeah, that is almost the end of our show, folks. We're going to tell you who died during this period of 30, 2010. And we're going to do a little quiz you can play along with about who was born, but a little bit of pluggery. Uh, Patreon.com slash laser time. Give us five bucks or less. Or more, preferably more, or five bucks, and you'll get access to over a hundred exclusive uh, podcasts, including the brand new season of Elm Street Nightmare, season four. Previous seasons involve Chucky and Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the Thirteenth, right on time for October. Uh, we I feel like Halloween's almost over, and there's like <laughs> there's like ten more days. I love this season so much. So Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime help your favorite show out because uh, it's not like any big corporation's going to do it, man. And uh, check out Video Game Apocalypse. This week, uh, we're talking about the scariest moments, because it's October, in Mario games. Yeah, the mm. scariest things mm. to occur. And some of it is kind of surprising. Uh, they are, Nintendo will occasionally take risks and take the most pleasant game mascot in America and do something terrifying. Find out what we say. We're talking about the new Sonic game, new Spider-Man game. Oh, man. It's a big week for games in where we're currently recording. Dive, what about you? Where can folks find you? They can find me uh, on the Blue Sky. That's what it's called. The Blue Sky uh, at Listenerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. Coming up next week, we'll find out if Ender's Game is a game. (laughs) I think they're going to give away the answer in the 
Costume poster. <laughs> uh, we've got, let's see, an animated movie from Disney that's kind of forgotten, but we have an animated movie that is now Disney that is the best Halloween movie, mm. period. You could even say this movie is Halloween. Mm. This is Halloween. Halloween. This is Halloween? Halloween. Oh. Halloween. Yeah. This is Halloween. Bah, bah. In this uh, town? Yes. In this town we call home. Uh, could you repeat that 500 times? <laughs> um. No. <laughs> and if that's not enough, we are also going to get two Treehouse of Horror episodes airing very close to Halloween. Is that even allowed? I thought they made a law against Dude, that. Dude, I don't know yeah. what happened. I tuned in to my Hulu's like, there should be a Treehouse of Horror here. And some sports thing, I don't even know what it was, clearly fucked it up because there is no Treehouse <laughs> of Horror yet. I'm getting pretty, not scared enough to Google it. Just scared. Where's my Bob's Burgers <laughs> Halloween treatment? Mm. Yeah, mm. Well, Bob's Burgers is Halloween great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to get Mike's first MST3K episode. Ah, okay. brain. Wouldn't. We're going to see Superman kill President Luther. (laughs) (laughs) We get the best pirate action game of all time. Ooh. Well, okay. And a video game that I'm sure has just been forgotten. No one really pays attention to it after anymore. You know, Call of D something. I can't even remember. Never Mm. heard of it. (laughs) The the dude? uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. But Call the... of Diddy. You have to write little jingles. <laughs> uh, but I. Go... Oh my God! Do you know what we have coming up next week, Jr.? I cannot believe you did not mention. Speaking of things what? that make me feel old. Mm. Okay. Th- turning thirty next week. Ellen Burr. Uh, wow. Really? Oh yes. Ellen <laughs> Burr. Ellen Burr. I love it. And I uh, with that. Oh boy, who who died this week in thirty twenty ten October twenty to the twenty sixth? Well, last week I think we had nobody, right? Yeah, And this week, we have so many people, but we also have nobody. In 1993, we lost absolutely nobody mm-hmm. who was born in 1955 or 1956. He was a guy who worked at a donut shop who legally changed his name to absolutely nobody and ran for lieutenant governor of Washington State. <laughs> I was confused. Did he win? No. Oh, damn it. You know who he lost to? No. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody, yeah. Yeah, absolutely okay. Okay. nobody. This is a brilliant idea. I want to change it. I want to workshop it a little. Absolutely mm-hmm. nobody. I think it should be something more like uh, election recall or uh, none, none of the none above. of the above. None of the yep. above. <laughs> yep. Uh. I love it. Now, I think each one of these we well, yeah, we have these. These all hurt. We got yeah. some people that hurt. Also, in 1993 is when we lost Vincent Price, who was 82. Oh, oh no. Less than a week before Halloween. They That's... could not plug him in and make sure he died on Halloween. God damn it, Vincent Price's family. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're actually nice people. Yes. <laughs> Love my Vinnie Price. The last time I made guacamole, it was his recipe. His good recipes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had such a good run. And, you know, he, his voice is still so distinctive. You can do a parody of his voice 30 years after he died and like 60 years after he was last considered a star and people still recognize it. Yeah. Yep. yeah he had a, he had a very his his look through television syndication became synonymous with Halloween and horror. It's it's amazing. Yeah. This, this I mean little yes. 
p- possibly queer man. <laughs> he was uh, actually yeah. his, his his daughter, daughter confirmed, confirmed it. That, yeah. yeah, he was he was bisexual. He had had some relationships with men, which he told her about when she came out. He she was worried how he was going to feel, and he's like, "No, I understand." But it's it's I think it helped define the genre a little bit and make it safe because he's such a femi guy in a lot of his movies in the darkest movies ever and yeah horror is still like a, a bastion for the lgbt community to make and revel in it's fucking awesome look at rocky outcast. horror man yeah. outcast baby yeah it is so weird though when you see earlier vincent price stuff like from the 40s when he's not in a horror movie he's like in a romantic <laughs> romantic drama and you're like i don't believe it yeah but he's gonna kill someone yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> He's going to strangle somebody, right? Like any second? No? Oh, that's a Moving on. Some more shitty ones. Uh, I'll go with the older person first. 2003 is when we lost Jack Elam, who is 82. Ooh, you yeah. will recognize this guy immediately. Yeah? Yes. Immediately. More than 200 credits on IMDb. He's got this very distinctive buggy eye. Um, but he's in, you know, the beginning of Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. He's in so many westerns. He's in Cannibal Run. He's in Cheyenne. He's in. Uh, he was on Have Gun, Will Travel a whole bunch. He, he's. Uh, what's the mystery science there? Girl in Lovers Lane. He's he's the creepy guy in Girl in Lovers Lane. Oh yeah. Yeah, the guy. He did one thing, and he did it great. <laughs> so he was in a fuck ton of westerns. And then also in 2003, this one hurts so much though. Elliot Smith, mm-hmm. who is 34, um, it was tentatively ruled as suicide. But it is hard to stab yourself in the chest. And for 20 Ooh. years, for 20 years, his girlfriend has been stalked and harassed because oh, they think they, they had a very con- contentious uh, a relationship. But Elliot Smith had tried to kill himself several times before. It's all over his music. He was deep in depression, addiction. Yeah. Um, but so, how do you yeah. stab yourself in the chest? That's... You take a knife, you line it up uh, so it'll go between your ribs, and then you run into something. Mm, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's a bad way to go. It is, of all the many, there are so many bad ways to go. This sounds really, yeah, just really bad. Also, so, you run the risk of not going that way. Uh, right. Highly. Really hurting yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Stabbing yourself. Jesus. So, yeah, uh, I guess most people know Needle in the Hay. Mm-hmm. You know, from uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Um, yeah, he. he uh, most of his music is incredibly depressing, and it's about how depressed he is. And mm-hmm. so, can't pretend we're surprised, but uh, it, it's a real loss. Um, well, his stuff reminds me of if Simon and Garfunkel were both really depressed. Uh, hmm. the, the next and then, death led to something surprising. IMO. Yeah. Well, in 2013, that's when we lost Marsha Wallace, who's only 70. Fuck you, breast cancer. Mm. Mrs. Krabappel from The Simpsons and uh, receptionist Carol from Bob Newhart Show. Oh yeah. my God, she was so funny. The maid on That's My Bush, just incredibly <laughs> recognized. She was so funny. <laughs> I'm in a candy hole. I'm in a candy hole. There's very few, other than yearly, like there's not, most Simpsons voice actors have double duty and it's the ones with the smallest performances, with the smallest cast uh stable of characters that the simpsons retires it's like only her and phil hartman uh everybody else is is up to being up for being recast jesus you know i've listened to a few recent simpsons and you can tell that these are not young people voicing these characters anymore mr burns sounds too old too old (laughs) like i don't like it he's not he's not no longer spry enough to be 
properly villainous. <laughs> for for Marge, though, I mean, I give her voice actress all the credit in the world, but that doesn't remotely sound to me like a mother of a <laughs> 10-year-old yeah. kid, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate so. that she, she passed away. They knew that she, she'd been sick for a while, and uh, it, when she passed away, the Simpsons immediately were like, we're absolutely not recasting this. No. Which is only and, strange. And it died off screen. Yeah. Only strange because there's very little canon in The Simpsons. And what little there was, yeah. Ned Flanders was dating her. So she mm-hmm. just disappears. And it is, it is very sadly acknowledged in an episode where he's just looking at a picture of her mourning her loss. Ned losing two I, partners. <laughs> I think they tackle her like seven years later in an yeah. episode. Yeah. Do they really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they address it. Yeah, she she passed away. That's sad. And uh, but we are not done because uh, last but not least, in 2013, we lost Al Needham, one of the great action directors and lunatic peoples. Yeah, stuntman turned director. His contemporaries, contemporary critics, would give him a ton of shit. I love that him and Burt Reynolds made so many movies that they liked with people that they liked. They're Adam Sandler-esque, and they're like, this is mostly an excuse to do cool car stuff and hang out with our friends, but it's a vibe you can feel, and a blooper reel that is generally in the credits. Smoking the Bandit holds up as one of the finest. I love that fucking movie. Everything else they made, you can tell me it's terrible. I'm smiling the whole time, man. Some of the coolest Mm. car stunts ever. Some of the greatest Dom DeLuise improvs ever. I, yeah, I, I love Hal Needham and the stuff, his contribution to pop culture. And there's no yeah. one like him anymore. So, mm. absolutely not. I'm just like, let's just start trashing cars. And if when we run out of cars, we'll make rad and we'll start trashing bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want to make a movie about stunts, but I don't make him a stuntman again. Okay. Uh, there we go. Movie about stunts. Amazing. Uh, Hooper, uh, Hal Needham, Cannonball Run, just. Man, it is visibly terrible, but it's so compelling. Oh, Jackie Chan's introduction to America. You can thank Hal Needham for that. Playing the yeah. character Toyota. Jesus. Oh, God. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple TV movies I want to check out here. Death Car on the Freeway I'd like hey. to check out. And one What's that's that just called Stunts Unlimited. <laughs> I wonder what those are about. You know, just, you automatically know. Oh, let's just drive this car through a flaming hoop. Whatever. Yeah, for funsies. Oh, R.I.P. All those fucking people. You were all so cool. Even absolutely nobody. I don't know you, but you sound cool. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up the show. Patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, 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 oh, 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 I'm oh. sorry. With, one with deaths come the other end of the cycle, Chris. Oh, oh. I am talking about the birthday Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. A ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Turning 50. 50. Is, yeah. it, is it me? One of those people. Is it <laughs> Feels like me. One of those people who are, I'm like, you're only mildly older than me, but holy fuck, have you accomplished so fucking much. <laughs> Born October 26, 1973, in Kent, Kentucky. At an early age, he began making uh, his own cartoons. And he published I got it. A week Sorry, I, my friend's birthday is this day. I looked up people who were born on okay. this day. I know what this well, is. Okay. So Chris is admitted to cheating. I, so wait, he's what? disqualified. It was to mess with so my friend Melendez. Th- this will be just for Diana. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, he published a weekly comic strip 
Walter Crouton for the Kent Good Times Dispatch. It paid him $5 a week. I had to work hard at this because if I tell you what he's actually done, you'll get it in one. He would so, he would make a uh, new Star Trek uh, episodes with his friends. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Okay. Not primarily known as a musician, he has nevertheless released four albums, including uh, "Music Is Better Than Words," "In Full Swing," "Once in a While," and "Great Songs from Stage and Screen." Oh, is it Seth MacFarlane? Indeed. It is Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, I'm the guy so loves sorry. the Great America Songbook. Can't stop yep. him. Yep. I'm yep. so sorry. Uh, I believe, the other th- uh, thing I was going to say is I was going to tell you stuff he tried to make that didn't get made. Mm-hmm. He tried to make Zoom Mates in 1998. It was a short that follows zoo animals. Did you Have you he, ever seen his Cartoon Network pilot that is... Right. A guy who talks yes. like this with a talking dog who talks like this. And it, it is <laughs> oh, it is hysterical how, how much that had been in his DNA. Yeah. Uh, but that's a very, like, it's it's more of an old-timey cartoon. It feels more like a Looney Tunes yeah. or something where it's like someone's going to get stuck in a shopping cart and it's going to fly down the street. And it's like, this is way more, ac- this has more action than an entire season of Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. Would you have gotten it, J.R. Diana, if I said, I think he is technically this. There may be somebody else, the highest paid person in television right now. I can believe it just because he has so many shows. It's yep. it wasn't just the shows. It's I don't know where this stands, but he's. I think he signed a record breaking contract with Peacock for two hundred million dollars. And at the time when he had, uh, I think three other shows concurrently on the air. I don't think Cleveland sh- is American Dad still on. I don't even know. I American I- Dad is still okay. on. Okay, We're, cool. It's yeah. going to turn twenty uh, February two thousand five. That's when it started. Uh, wow! Fuck. Wow! Yeah. Yeah, that's an old, making me feel old. American yeah. Dad being twenty years old. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, nothing has come of the two hundred million dollar Peacock deal. I believe they announced a TED show, but I have hmm. heard hide nor hair of it ever since. Can you believe yeah, Seth MacFarlane? I yeah, I do not like that he. Um, we're old enough to have gone to high school together. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't like that. And yeah. I will. Yeah. I will recommend here because I can't do it anywhere else. The Orville was a very good show. I'm not sure how canceled it is, but it seems pretty canceled. It's a show that boldly tried to... We're just next-gen with modern <laughs> modern pacing and a canonical storyline told throughout. Uh, but it is, at its core, we're just making new Star Trek The Next Generation, which Star Trek hasn't bothered to do. It, it, so I love that show. And that's why I get, there was clips of him shooting you know, camcorder Star Trek episodes with him and his friends. He always Aww. wanted to be that captain. Very good show. Oh, Seth McFarlane. Happy happy birthday. And with that out of the way, we are done with the show. Patreon.com slash laser time. We're closing out with Waltz 2 by Elliot Smith because R.I.P. Yeah, because R.I.P. Either or is a is a fantastic album. Like I said, it's it really, really strongly reminds me of the best of Simon and Garfunkel. Only he's singing with himself and he Mm -hmm. is so depressed. (laughs) <laughs> but he was he was clean. He'd actually gotten clean. There was a lot of conjecture about like maybe, you know, maybe he was just back on heroin and that's no he he was clean and on antidepressants when he died mm. and uh, he still needed more help and that fucking sucks. He's only thirty four. He's a baby. Yeah, mm. tragic. Uh, don't kill yourself. <laughs> Instead, subscribe to the Patreon. How about that? That'll make you feel way better. Sorry for yep. Rick Sanchezing into the mic there. 
Tell a friend about the show. Take us out, Mr. Smith. Gonna know you now, but I'm